We don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal. No way. We take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. I'm Carrie Poppy. And we are back with more on the Conscious Life Expo. Isn't this the first of the Conscious Life Expo? Yeah, but we visited them before oh, in 2020. In, in 2020. Well, that's true. So now we're back two years later. Yes. And I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Yeah. Well, if you don't remember, the Conscious Life Expo is a Los Angeles gathering of all the crystal healers, alien contactees. Channelers, psychic mediums. Animal communicators, people who take audio, play it backwards, and decide it means something. COVID deniers. Palm readers. Pyramid enthusiasts. 5G Frates. Sacred geometry stands. Past life regressionists. Everybody's there. Everything you could think of. It's wild. And it's at the LAX Hilton, just down the street from our international airport. So it's a miserable place to get anywhere close to. (laughs) It's wild. And they had taken a year off. At least they didn't have an in-person one in 2021. Begrudgingly, I'm sure. Oh, I bet. And then they came back in 2022. But for anyone listening in the future, we're still in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. Yes. Most recently, we had an Omicron variant that is extremely just orders of magnitude more virulent and pass-onable. Yeah, very very high. Some people use the word contagious, not us. It has a high R not value, like 10 or something insane like that. Really easy to pass on. Fortunately, a little less dangerous. Quite a bit less dangerous than other variants. I go from pass onable to R not value. (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing in between. (laughs) (laughs) So we were excited slash scared. Oh, because you were like, will there be masks, etc.? Is this going to be a super spreader event? Yeah. That's always a possibility. And I'm just going to say from the outset, I think this is the riskiest thing I've done during the whole pandemic is going to the Conscious Life Expo. I think me too, probably, though vaccination is so powerful that you can actually be around a lot of people who didn't get vaccinated and probably come out okay, which seems like we were in that crowd. And we've both been vaccinated, to be clear. Yeah, though this Omicron variant is very good at creating crossover cases. But Mm -hmm, I'll spoil this. Four days after the final day of the ceremony, I got a COVID test. It was negative. I also got a COVID test. It was negative. All right. Dodged uh, quite a few bullets there. Yeah. About Conscious Life Expo, let's just give them a quick round of applause for giving us Shakuntali, Kimberly Meredith, um, Lori Spagna, what's his name who plays audio backwards? David Oates. David Lee Oates? David David Oates. Oates. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Dylan Lewis Monroe. So many gems. (laughs) Right? What else? Happy science. Not that we've done a dedicated investigation of that. Okay. Linda Moulton Howe. Linda Moulton Howe. Oh, no, we discovered yeah. her at the UFO yeah, thing, though. Yeah, but we, okay. we met we've her so, there. We've still seen her there. Jimmy Church. Jimmy Church. The, whoever it is that painted your UFO paintings. Oh, yeah. That guy was there again this time. Douglas something. Deborah King. Deborah, oh, Deborah King. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, the gift that keeps on giving in my inbox every day. Oh, wow. 
Oh, so many interesting figures. In fact, in the three days that they held this, it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from February 4th through 6th. There were so many speakers. There's multiple tracks, multiple conference rooms. It's an embarrassment of riches to the point where I'm really sad I missed out on some of the talks that I could not go to. Yeah, and we found out about it kind of close to, Mm -hmm. and I tried to get on the bill. Oh, yeah. Carrie now regularly tries to apply for these conferences to actually be one of the speakers. Yeah, and it was not hard to get on the proposed bill. So I found out about the event. I think Drew actually spotted that it was coming back, and I saw that they were still taking applicants. Mm. So I filled out the little form, and they immediately... A woman called me within, like, I want to say six minutes. Oh, wow. Immediately called, and she goes, okay, Carrie, this is... And I don't remember her name. Hillary from Conscious Life Expo. Okay, so the program is going to the printer right now, but I can tell them to stop. Hold the presses. If you want to be on the speaker list. Now, you would be able to give a talk and you would be in the program and you would get a booth and wow but that package was so expensive i want to say it was like $2500 or something okay and i was okay. like oh, this is really getting out of the range of like worth itness for me <laughs> and i would have to really rush a talk Just, like drop and, everything and yeah. start preparing for the conscious life expo talk yep so i was like maybe um let me I often do my talks with my partner. Uh, <laughs> let me talk to him. I can tell you tonight. And she was like, oh, not tonight. I need to know like in the next 15 minutes. Yeah, like, sad story. Jesus. They never actually printed anything because they were waiting to hear from <laughs> But yeah, finally I told her like I kept climbing up like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna, I can do this. Yeah, oh, oh, it's gonna be that much more money. Oh, it's that much sooner. Okay, okay. And then suddenly your brain goes like, wait, take a step back. Wait a minute, you went from like, I hope I can get onto this bill to like, I need to write a talk and it's $3,000 and it has to happen right now. Yeah. And so fortunately, that part of my brain kicked in and I was like, don't do this. So I- That's good. Yeah. (laughs) So I told her no. And then she started calling again and was like, okay, I can bring the cost down. And I just need you to get five Apple gift cards. (laughs) Read me the codes. My cousin is the deposed king of Nigeria. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) His son is Uh, very sick. She thought she had the hook on you. Yeah. So then she kept trying to bring it down and do these different things. And oh, she could actually make a very special deal for me because she talked to her manager and she explained that like I usually do my talks with my friend. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of different. You know, when it's two people, so they're kind of getting two for the vice of one. So they're going to bring it down for us. I was like, no, no. If I was to give a talk, I should probably be billed just as raw. <laughs> sure. For okay. this conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. L- leave off the double S. Would it just be R-O? I kind of like that, actually, yeah. Yeah, because everyone would call you raw. <laughs> yeah, and no, be like, it's raw. It's, it's raw. It's actually raw. It's okay. <laughs> Everybody does it. People do it all the time. <laughs> and then when people talk about, like, going raw, raw juicing, mm-hmm. you can make a lot of jokes there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. I've got my stage persona all set. <laughs> See, I came more prepared. <laughs> Okay, so I, I didn't know about this whole drama. That's fun. I like texted you little pieces of it as it was increasing, and then by the time you looked at it, I had gone through the entire experience. <laughs> you come full circle, and you're like, you know what? Never mind. This is a bad idea. Sorry to bother you. And then you're like, this is fun to read after. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then I said, 
Well, Ross, now tickets to the Conscious Life Expo sound so cheap. We got to go because all our favorites are going to be there and some people we want to hear from. Classics, yeah. Yeah. So you bought your tickets first and sent me an email. And so I thought, okay, well, Karen's going here. And I realized I just had too many things on my Saturday. So I said, I'm going to cover Friday and I'm going to cover Sunday. Okay. Now, Friday was just like opening ceremony. There were some talks, but it was just kind of like the latter half of the day. I couldn't go because I was getting my marriage license. Fancy. See? Yeah, I'm getting married. <laughs> That's a good excuse. So I bought just the day pass for Friday. So there's kind of multiple levels of signups that you can do. Sign up ability, yeah. Because, like I said, they have multiple tracks and there's a grid of all of these different like free talks going on in various rooms and like at any given hour of the day you could be in one of eight different talks going on yeah or just out on the floor milling buying crystals yeah buying star fire water going over to the samosa house to get some indian food so good which both of us would at some point it is good so you can get either a day pass And those are relatively cheap. That lets you just go to any of the free talks. So for Friday, that was just $25. I could go to any of the free talks, but it's just the last half of the day. Right. Yeah. And then for Saturday, I think it was $30 and Sunday, $35 or something like that. It sounds right. That's just kind of like general access. And I got tickets just for Saturday and Sunday since I couldn't be there Friday. So we're like, cool, we'll overlap one day. And then... There are premium talks. So like the really fancy schmancy speakers. And if you want to go to one of those, those are $45 to add on. Yeah. Uh, You can't just go walk in on Linda Moulton Howe, okay? Right. She's a pretty penny. Yeah. And so if you start racking up enough of those, like, well, I want to listen to this fancy speaker and I want to listen to this paid talk for $45, you might want to get the all access day pass. Yes. So I figured, you know what? Sunday, I'm just going to devote my whole day to being at the Conscious Life Expo Sweet. from stem to stern, and I'm going to buy the all-access pass. That was $165. Damn. Okay. Yeah. But that means I'm just going to like be traveling from premium talk to premium talk and yeah. panel because I paid for it. Those high-ticket items. Okay. Yeah. But that means I'm also going to miss a lot of stuff that looks really interesting. So because I cannot split me, at least I have a co-host, and we were able to attend quite a bit and i was like ross please if you can if you can get there on friday because i can't and my old dear friend kimberly Kimberly meredith Meredith is giving a talk i said okay my turn to go see kimberly meredith yeah because you've never interacted with her nope no so for anybody who doesn't remember or hadn't joined us i interviewed her eh, probably like two years ago now yeah it might be worth going back and listening to that if you haven't heard it it's very special it's one of my favorite interviews i've done in any context ever okay so kimberly meredith is well many things but she claims to be like a psychic healer medical medium yeah is the term she uses yeah so it's all about healing and one thing that came up in carrie's interview is that she had often referred to herself as a nurse or having nursing credentials. Yes. Either currently being a nurse or having been a nurse in the past. I looked into that. Not true. Yeah, she was kind of... False. She was kind of nursing adjacent without actually being a nurse. She had worked in a hospital. And now she just nurses a grudge against Carrie for pointing (laughs) that out. Yeah, the whole thing is quite eventful. It's quite an interview. But her big thing is that she had a near-death experience that seemed to unlock some sort of ocular condition where she 
will suddenly blink very rapidly. And she interprets that as the Holy Spirit and her spirit guides talking to her through her blinks such that she can use those blinks to see what is wrong with you in your body. That's right. All right, so let's get into it. When you show up at the Conscious Life Expo, you paid for all your parking and everything, you walk into the lobby, and yet not too many people wearing masks. Now, I will say, at least they did have a COVID policy. They highlighted on their website, proof of vaccination is not required, but when you do actually go in the doors and go to the registration desk, they're going to either want to see your vaccination card or a recent negative COVID test within the last two days. I think that's LA law, isn't it? Boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) Must be. And they said if you don't have either of these, they have a free rapid antigen testing that takes 15 minutes. Yeah. So sure enough, they had signs for all of that, and they asked to see my vaccination card. I showed it to them, and they gave us a purple wristband. Yes. So that was the symbol that a few times I was checked to see if I was wearing my purple wristband just to show that I had established my vaccination oh, interesting. status. interesting. No one ever asked me to see my purple wristband. Interesting. Well, you, maybe you didn't have long sleeves like I did. Hmm, can't remember. But I do remember this I started looking around to see how many purple wristbands I saw, and it was a little more than I expected from this crowd, but okay. still quite low. I oh, would wow. say should have been everybody technically to oh, register. I think the purple thing specifically meant vaccine. Okay, and then there was a different color. I think. Well, that's how it was explained to me at the registration. Okay. Anyway, okay. I mean, that's consistent with the fact that they gave me a purple wristband. Yeah. I thought that was just like we cleared you for these uh, requirements. Yeah, I think it was vaccine. Anyway, I did notice some people had them and some people didn't. But when I would notice it, when I would take a moment to be like, okay, I'm going to just count this whole row, look at a wrist on every row yeah. and kind of do that kind of thing. I found that it was like 40-ish percent okay. seems to have it. So approaching half, but okay. like definitely wow. much lower than the wider population of LA. Interesting. And as I was walking around, I was constantly just paying attention to how many people were wearing masks. And it feels like as time went on, the percentage that I noticed steadily decreased. So it seemed like as I came in, I thought like, okay, it feels like maybe a third of the people here are wearing masks. So I don't feel too out of place. But this was definitely an issue with the speakers. It came up. We'll talk about it, you know, in our various talks. But sometimes you are obliquely shamed for wearing a mask Mm -hmm. and sometimes (laughs) kind of directly uh, I had one speaker in particular who was very clearly anti-mask. Oh, kind wow. Of, uh, not so subtly making fun of us who were wearing them. Oh, wow. Okay. And then sometimes when I would be in a room for a while, I had a fair distance to other people. We're not moving around. We're sitting in the seat for an hour. I'd take my mask off. So There were two times, two talks where I was like, oh, no, it's down to just me. I'm the only one. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it off because then I feel like I'm not blending in well. Right. That's part of my job here. But like... If there was even one other person, I was like, great, masks on. (laughs) And very typical to be in a room of 60 to 80 people and see four or five people wearing masks in this this crowd. I wrote down number of masks at pretty much every talk I went to. Same same here, (laughs) yeah. I'm so used to taking the attendance of a room. And then there was this little extra passive. Now let's count the masks. Exactly. So as you walk in to the Hilton, immediately you're going to be greeted by people singing. There's always like a musical arrangement on stage, you know, somebody playing an instrument or singing. 
in the lobby. I asked one of the security guards there, like a lot of people without masks, and he just kind of nodded. That's sort of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't get me started. Funny enough, I think this was Sunday, but there was another part that was sort of cordoned off. I think it was maybe a restaurant or something, but there was just a guard, I guess, concierge. I don't know, a guy who was kind of sitting there. And I saw him twice, like two hours apart. And both time, it looked like he was asleep, (laughs) just standing (laughs) asleep at his job. So (laughs) that's not how you guard. I just like to think that that's what he was doing the whole time. Just uh, (laughs) snoozing. Poor guy. He looked tired. So came in, picked up my registration, got my purple wristband, but also got my blue wristband, which gave me Friday general access. Nice. So I went straight to my first couple talks, but we're going to shoot forward in time. I'll tell you about yeah. those later. Those are fun, <laughs> especially one of them. But then I went at 8 o'clock p.m. to see Kimberly Meredith. All right. And this was one of those $45 lectures. I had to pay an extra 45 bucks just to see her. You know, she was a rising star last time, but I think her star is risered. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Riser. Risenend, I believe, yes, is yes. the correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... When I got in there, things were still kind of setting up. So she was sort of talking to the sound guy and trying to figure out when are we getting started and who's leading off. So there was a little bit of just pre-planning going on. And she kind of mentioned what you just said was that she found out that she had her gift only in 2013, pretty recently. Mm. And she attended Conscious Life Expo for the first time in 2017. Okay. So she's pretty new to this whole Conscious Life Expo thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. And also she was very thankful to everybody showing up because we could have been at the cacao ceremony. So they had this big party with the Aura Sound Bath and Embodiment followed by Down Tempo House and Elixir Cocktails. Oh, wow. It sounds like you're going to someone's house, like a depressed person's house. <laughs> it's really down temple. Yeah. Down okay. temple house. Well, go to Jack's house. It's always a bummer. <laughs> also, there was another paid workshop going on with Susan Slaughter called How the Living Haunt. Oh, I know that name. Who is that? I don't know, but it's just a fun combination of someone with the last name Slaughter giving a talk about oh, How the sure. Living Haunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was another talk uh, by Benton Ryer called Personal Energy Shield for Protection. I mean, it's tough. Those are just in some of the main conference rooms. There was like another whole list of rooms. Same time, we also had numerology, discover your sacred codes, spirit communication, beverage of the future, and witchcraft magic. Wow. And what was Kimberly's talk called? What's she competing with? Medical mediumship readings with divine healings. Okay. That's quite a dance card. So back to Kimberly, just as a reminder, or if you haven't listened to the interview, Kimberly is a blonde woman. She was wearing a green dress that had long sleeves and the sleeves were slightly more transparent. Okay. And then, then it sort of cinched at the waist a bit, but Overall, kind of a I don't know, poofy dress. Flowy. Flowy dress. Okay. And she was wearing large black rimmed glasses. Okay, yep. Which is just interesting for a healer. That oh, yeah. She healer, wears, heal thy eyesight. Yeah, she has corrective lenses, which she would take on and off depending on, I guess, what she had to be looking at. Yeah, especially a healer who blinks. Right, yeah. Her... Feels a little like Jerry Mungazi's colorblindness. <laughs> In a lot of ways. I was thinking of that connection for a slightly different reason, but yeah, I'll sign on to that. So she was already talking about her new book called Awakening to the Fifth Dimension. Oh, 
yeah. This is a big deal for her. So when you talk with Kimberly, you're going to be hearing about the fifth dimension. You're going to be hearing about angels, Mm -hmm. spirit guides, ascended masters, Jesus. Virgin Mary, Mother Mary. Yes, Mother Mary, absolutely. Christ consciousness. Mm -hmm. To me, it feels like this weird syncretistic convention of all these different religious influences. Grab bag. Don't quite go together. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is always like a fun way to figure out like, how will I move these pieces around in just the right Mm. way and make this one a little bigger and this one a little smaller to make it my brand. Right. She also told us that she was going to be giving away a couple copies of her book. She had like some sacred geometry pendants, some other things she was going to give out later on and the guides would help her do this. So she relies a lot on her spirit guides. We'll talk about this book a little more later. Yeah. Spoiler, neither of us has finished it. Then Alan Steinfeld came up to introduce her. that guy. He's everywhere. Yeah, he really is. To the point where I thought he was maybe one of the organizers of the Conscious Life Expo. We saw him at the last Conscious Life Expo. Oh, did we? Okay, I've just seen his videos a lot. Okay, I feel like he showed up at at least three of the talks that I went to as either an introducer or just someone in the audience that people would openly talk to. It's just like he's this gadabout that is known all throughout the psychic community. Yeah, and it seems like, I mean, maybe this is true of any community, but it's fun to watch in the New Age circles where you and I get to see just these people who were newcomers and you watch Uh them just kind of their star rise because they keep being there. Mm. He's there again and he's there again and and he's reliable. Yeah. And his thing is marketable and that's all we need. So it's like, well, she knows Alan Steinfeld and he knows everybody else. Yep. And he has a show, I think, called New Realities. Yeah. And interview everybody. So he just kind of knows everybody has pictures with all of these alien contactees. And he's written his own book on the topic of alien visitation. Here we go. This will give you a little indication of him on this little pamphlet they had at the conference about Kimberly Meredith. He's one of the quoted people saying, At this time in our evolution, so many talented healers are coming forward to help shift the planetary vibration and send higher healing energies to our bodies. Kimberly Meredith is one of the most gifted. Her connection to Source is one of the most powerful I have witnessed. There is nothing she shies away from. She calls on the Holy Spirit, (laughs) the angelic order, and her own loving heart to help all those that are in need. Seeing her work is a true gift. Okay. Alan Steinfeld, founder New reality show. There we go. It's actually not a gift. It's $45. (laughs) So he's got very sharp features, long white hair and a receding hairline. One of those faces that's kind of gaunt but friendly. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So anyways, he came up and he was the one who introduced her. He described her as a human MRI machine. Oh, cool. Which is cool, 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 cool. a description I've heard before of other, you know, medical diagnosers. Uh, okay, yeah. Medical she, dowsers. She used to say frequently that her scans that she does with her eyes were as accurate as an x-ray, sometimes more accurate. Mm. But as listeners may recall, when she scanned me, she told me there was vaguely something weird in my bottom area. Uh-huh. And then when I was like, I don't have fallopian tubes, she was like, that's it. Can you imagine if I got an x-ray and they're like, just like, just something weird. <laughs> like, just like the bottom half of you. And then just you like, told them what it was. And then they say, <laughs> yeah. you got it. Yeah, you're right. You're missing an organ. Oh, we're going to see how her eyes do tonight. Okay, cool. At this particular show. We should probably also define 5D because we keep saying that. Absolutely. So Kimberly talks a lot about 5D, the fifth dimension. It's kind of like the age of Aquarius for 2020 through 2022. It's this like 
ever approaching mm. mm-hmm. thing. Like that we can always refer to it. It's just out of reach. Some people are sort of there, but it's not coming. You might like, be there, you might not. Yeah, like in the uh, UFO community or the UIP community, speaking of terms and how they shift over time, like they keep talking about... The, disclosure. Uh, dis- disclosure, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's always coming. It's, it's just around oh, the corner. Whew, ba- if, basically here, but not free quite. Free energy. There's people who already have these devices and oof, they're going to be everywhere in nine months. So yeah, 5D is kind of the new thing. It's sort of like quantum. She'll occasionally throw in the word quantum when it compliments 5D or whatever it is she's talking about. But there's one other way it's used, which I think is quite funny. It's used to kind of throw shade. Like if Mm, they have mm -hmm. a critic or someone who disagrees with them, it might be like, well, they can't do any better. They're still in a 3D or 4D experience. I've moved to like a 5D (laughs) experience. I feel like I heard that a few times at this conference, versions of that. Yeah, absolutely. So the daily world is the 3D and Kimberly will spell this out you know just and she seems to have this is the extent of her knowledge of what dimensions actually are she'll say (laughs) you know like height width and depth Uh she gets that that's 3D those are the three good job you're actually right about that right she never talks about the fourth dimension in her book she does a little but yeah oh does she okay yeah but it's it's rare she doesn't seem to have much of a grasp of you know the fact that that's duration that's time right we do live in the fourth dimension too yeah we're just kind of constrained on one axis there but yeah then she'll go straight to the fifth dimension and she doesn't talk about like a tesseract or bending space time or anything like that it's just this higher vibration and she'll use that phrasing but shouldn't we all be trying to get to like the zero dimension where you're not aware of like self and you're not aware of time isn't that what they're usually going for that'll be carrie's talk at the next (laughs) conscious life expo zero dimension talk yeah (laughs) guys back me up ask for me yeah she constantly refers to the fifth dimension and it's become i think a buzz term amongst this crowd yeah which we saw like deborah king would talk about the fifth dimension mm-hmm. and scaling to the fifth dimension and scalar energy and there's so many of these terms that get thrown out but yeah definitely it's one that kimberly meredith invokes Big constantly yeah. absolutely there was a woman who had given a talk that i was in just before this who was a riot. I can't <laughs> wait to tell you about her. Cool. She was in the audience here. Oh, great. And that's always interesting for me. Yeah. Like you walk out of a room where someone is like, I am the show leader here. I'm the authority. I'm the big figure. You all came to see me. I'm mm-hmm. the spiritual leader. And now they go to see someone else. Now go and sit down in my little seat. Yeah. And she was very loud and vocal in participating in this. So I would kind of hear a little things oh, coming huh. out of this other presenter. But I always think that's interesting. Like, oh, okay. It's almost like kind of a humbling move. I could feel like some of these speakers saying like, well, I don't need to go to anybody else's talk. Sure. I'm sixth dimensional. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Anyways, she was there. That was interesting. When I got there at 8.07, there were 36 people. I think more started to come in, but this was a That's large- a pretty big crowd. Yeah, but it was a big ballroom. Like this was one oh. of their biggest spaces in the La Jolla oh, okay. conference room. You and I would see something else later there. Okay. Right. And I saw Linda Moulton Howe there. Okay. Yeah. You and I were there once when it was as packed as I saw anything at that conference. So yeah, this was a much humbler gathering. Still decent crowd, though. Yeah, and I think that's why they were doing a little bit of that. Okay, well, thank you all for coming here and not going to the cacao ceremony. I understand that sounds really interesting. So yeah, she talked a little bit about her backstory, which is that she had a near-death experience, Mm -hmm. which sounded truly horrifying. Like she was just standing on a sidewalk Mm -hmm. and a truck came by or some sort of SUV and it had 
something wrong with its door and the door like flipped open and hit her. Oh, okay. Which I think is how she described it in the book. But it's interesting. Uh, My thought had always been that she started doing the rapid eye blinking thing after that. Mm -hmm. But in the book, she talks about having rapid blinked as a child. child she does explain this in places maybe she didn't during that talk but that was a gift she had as a child so it was a natural gift okay that went away and then when she had this accident it came back she hadn't really remembered she'd done it before but when it happened her mom was like oh you used to do that when you were a kid i don't know if it was actually the same thing and she wasn't able to work as she was recovering but she found that people started asking for her services because she had just kind of nonchalantly mentioned something about someone else. And someone had come to her and asked for like a prayer and she prayed over them. And then they had this great healing and they mm. came back to her and said, oh, you need to see people. And she started practicing Reiki and she was using like cold laser therapy for a while. Oh, right. Cold lasers. That's right. She's into that. Forgot about that. There's so much stuff with this woman. Yeah. Just wild. She wrote a book about COVID when COVID was a pretty new idea. To hmm. I mean, to the average person. Yeah. Not to immunologists. <laughs> um, but she wrote a book about COVID where I think she talked about that a little bit also. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she started realizing this ability that she had as a healer and that these eye blinks of hers that were coming back were in the fifth dimension at this higher frequency. It was this Mm. manifestation of her connection to Holy Spirit, which as far as I can tell, seems to be interchangeable with the fifth dimension. Yeah. She also has guides in the fifth dimension who speak directly to her. Why not? As she's saying all this, she's already kind of blinking regularly like someone would if they're, I don't know, their eyes feel dry. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah. You just need to It's an interesting blink because it's like, she doesn't blink hard the way you would expect. It's, it's not like, like Samantha and Bewitched or, or uh, <laughs> I Dream of Genie, right? Yeah. Who blinks? Genie. Genie and I Dream of Genie. It's not like that. Like, just a but, f- fluttering of the eyes. But yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not quite like a normal blink either. And if we don't have enough spiritual modes in one woman, the book that she wrote, she channeled. And at the beginning, she lists... Whoever it is that she's channeling. Oh, my God. I missed this. Okay. (laughs) I know that she channels, but I didn't know that she was channeling in the writing of the book. I did notice she talks about herself in third person a fair amount. Right. But she's also telling her life story in the book. So what? What What do you mean you're channeling? Maybe it's like the Bible and like God is there guiding her hand. Okay. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) It's like the Bible. Of course, she's promoting her book, but she's also saying that since she started the book, hundreds of additional people have been healed through her blinking and diagnosis. How wonderful. And because we're all kind of culturally, I guess we're all approaching the fifth dimension, like you said, kind of like Age of Aquarius. Yeah. There's more healings going on in general, but of course she is a great conduit of this. She can also heal people en masse, like just rooms of people. And I asked her why she doesn't just walk into the COVID ward then and do that. She said she's not interested in that. Why is she not interested in that? (laughs) Great question. She just callous? I think so. Okay. This was an interesting statement. She said that we're all going to need to be moving forward in the next like four years into the fifth dimension Mm. or in 10 years, it's all over. Oh my God. So it's like, well, what are you saying? So if we don't achieve the spiritual collective goal in the next four years, we're all doomed in 10 years? Yeah. Okay. Hang on. I got to put that in our calendar. Okay. So in 10... Okay. 10 years, that's February 
32. She said, or in 10 years, it's all over. What date was this that she gave it? February 4th. Okay, February 4th, 2032. Okay. Kimberly Meredith said that... What is it if we don't move forward? Yeah, so we're going to move into the fifth dimension within the next four years, or in 10 years, it's all over. Okay. Kimberly Meredith said that it's all over by this date if we don't all move into the fourth dimension. Fifth dimension. Fifth. Within four years. I know, lots of numbers here. Oh, by, okay, by 2026. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I've got that one. Now I'm going to go to 2026. I have to enter 5D by this date or Kimberly Meredith kills world in 2032. Sounds like an accurate summation. Okay, Carrie okay. has logged this. Shoot, got it. She gave us a little chant to say kind of a something that started with Om and included Shaddai, like sounded kind of Jewish and then it ended with Om again. But she huh. was saying that we should do that before we check our phone. Okay. She was also recommending <laughs> that we all drink good water and not- Oh, not plastic. Not water out of plastic. Okay, yeah. I would hear this at her panel. Yeah, this is a big deal later. for her. Guess what? She had a plastic water bottle that she was drinking out of. What? Uh, She's talking about this? Yes. And she acknowledged this. This is what the organizers had given her. Right. And I don't know, maybe it was Starfire water or something like that. But she was saying, I never drink out of plastic, but I'm doing it right now because we have to stay hydrated. Sometimes you have to. Yes, Carrie is using the Kimberly Meredith voice. (laughs) Oh, hey. Oh, hi, Kimberly. No, I'm becoming Natalie. Okay, okay, okay. Natalie's, oh, hey, Carrie. Kimberly Meredith is... We all have the power to call in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, uh, hello, Kimberly. You're here. Oh, hey, Ross. <laughs> Carrie, How are you doing today? Carrie, just like Kimberly, is channeling Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> and Yeah, she does have this childlike vocal quality. Yeah. One of those people where if you called on the phone and she picked up the phone mm-hmm. and she said, oh, hi, Ross. How are you doing? I'd be like, oh, um, can you get your mom? Yeah. Just, you know, she just happens to have a very... Yeah, yeah. Young sounding voice. Then you'd voice. feel embarrassed. Then you'd say sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> so sorry. And such a flat delivery, too. Yes. She is not excited about what she's talking about. Right. It's just very uh, matter of fact and slow and uh, not, not funny. She doesn't really make any jokes, maybe half punts. <laughs> she also has this like emotional remove quality. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like I would ever know what was going on in her life and on that day. And it's so weird because so many of the other speakers, especially the one I've just gotten out of, just so full of charisma and life and that's how yeah. they draw attention. Yeah. Or they really dynamic. Or they really play the emotions of the room. Kimberly feels really awkward up there. Yeah. Like she's kind of struggling not yes. knowing what she's going to say next. Yes, she totally. has She hasn't prepared this out. She's on a wire, and I'm, I'm not quite sure why everyone's still paying attention to me because right. I'm not putting much into this. Right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I was flummoxed. I'm just sitting there like, why are there even 40 people here? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, you know, so much is made of charisma in these movements, and I mean, charisma will buy you a lot if you've got it, but it's not necessarily 
a deal breaker if you don't got it. I think the number one thing is sticking around. Okay. It's like, keep being there. Keep being reliable. Keep making the claims. name. And yeah, keep saying that you can do a thing. Yeah. Meet up with Alan Steinfeld. Make friends. (laughs) So anyways, yeah, she explains that this is a rare exception that she's drinking the bottle of water, which later on she drops, falls from the lectern. It splats all over the ground. Oh, wow. And you (laughs) think, I'm so glad that wasn't glass like she wanted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was specifically telling us to drink like there was a mountain spring brand something like that that came in a glass bottle but yeah, yeah that would have been disaster yeah she dropped that later this was interesting she asked how many of you saw don't look up oh wow okay that's the newish satire movie about yeah. like a asteroid that's gonna hit earth but really it's about climate change yeah and it's about our media-obsessed culture and how we go to the trivial and we ignore what's important. We can't prevent, you know, an, an asteroid coming at the planet. And yeah, it's like a, it's a very loose allegory about climate change. Absolutely. It's the kind of movie that I think is supposed to be warning us about people like Kimberly Meredith. Mm. And it's so interesting that she sort of gauges the room and says, I know some of you maybe don't find it too, you know, to your liking, but uh, it's absolutely true. Wow. What's absolutely true? Yeah, what's true An about it? asteroid's coming to hit Earth? That was the end of her analysis of Don't Look Up. <laughs> is but that just... what's happening in 2032? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like when people tell us the Matrix is true. Like, uh, which yeah, part? Yeah, what, what do you mean? What's do the... people just freeze in the air like that? What do you want? What's the take? Yeah, bullet time is that true so i just thought that was interesting because i would imagine she would find the movie threatening to her if anything that speaks to how different people can take away different things from watching the same media she does believe in climate change oh yeah that's true she did mention that as being an impending problem yep okay yeah she was just drifting from one thing to another like making very strange claims about how like the lights that they use in the supermarkets are bad for our food I don't know. I'm trying to keep oh. up with her and write these notes, but yeah, she's, huh. she's got she's, lights in the supermarket are bad for our food. It's so scattered. The things that she says. Huh. So one of the first things that she does is she pulls out her book and she reads a long prayer from it. So it's just okay. kind of like a reading from oh, her book. So boring. Yeah. I mean, not her book in particular, but like to read a prayer of all things. Like, oh, good, we get a reading. Oh, a prayer. And it was really just like a collection of gobbledygook, the kind of things that she says, like. <laughs> And I am healed in the fifth dimension, and I'm healed now, and I know this is true, and I'm a believer. It's like preliminary affirmations. Yeah, a lot of affirmations, and then it all ended with a namaste. Okay. Even though it started out with a, you know, Christ light or whatever it is. Right. Really strange to me, just the blending of things. She has us all breathe in and out three times. You were like, oh, good, this is the first time I've done that. And we imagine a big white bubble of energy around us. So that's a good way to get us started. And how long was this talk going to last? An hour and a half. Okay. She tells us that everybody has a main guide and a main angel. Oh, okay. I want to know mine. It's always interesting to know how many companions we get from these various speakers. Because some of them see us surrounded by dozens of angels, Mm. sometimes just one for our whole life. So she gives us a guide and a main angel. Yeah, I wonder who's in charge there, the guide or the angel. Yeah, I I don't know how arbitration works out. And then she starts kind of blinking, fluttering her eyes on the audience as she looks back and forth. And she says that she can see that everyone here has bubbles over them. Okay. So that's cool. Thought Uh, bubbles? It's uh, someone with us who loves us. So presumably not just the guide or the angel. We also have the spirits of people People who love us. passed over or something. I guess so. Okay. Um, uh, passed over being the euphemism 
folks in this crowd often use for death. Right. So this is where then she was going to go into readings. Like she was going to yeah. bring up people from the audience to do cool. a yeah, medical okay. diagnosis. All right. Getting right into it. Cool. And she's going to start just blinking and she lets us know that the guides will reveal to her who needs to come up. Now you used the phrase medical diagnosis. Did she? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Not. I just wondered if she was being careful not to or not. Uh, yeah, I doubt she used that exact phrasing. So she blinks at everybody on one side and then she comes over onto my side. And I'm hoping she'll pick me. But yeah. then I have to like stop taking furious notes. Like, well, I don't <laughs> want to be the guy who's writing constantly right. and like looking at her. And I was curious to see if she would at all recognize like, oh, that's Ross from that podcast. Right. I wanted this too. Especially when I was in there early. And she did seem to look at me a few times. But there didn't seem to be any blinking okay. of recognition from her. Okay. <laughs> so as far as I know, uh, she didn't. So she picked this up. Uh, She's like, oh, that's interesting. Your tumor is outside of your body, but it's <laughs> clearly very connected to you. I don't know what the fuck that is. Starts with a C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the biggest fan of Carrie, Kimberly Meredith. So she picked this older guy just down the row from me. Older white man, long white hair. Not Alan Steinberg. Different okay. guy. And he was very bent over, had kind of a stoop in his back mm -hmm. so he came up and she said okay all right and so she's kind of blinking at him she says all right so i'm seeing something with your eyes and your head especially the sinuses does this make sense mm. to you okay he says no not really okay all right okay. So, well all right i'm also i see i'm seeing your heart something near that area he says, oh, it's fine as I... Sinus or heart, okay. She started with sinuses. He nicks that idea. Right. So she moves down to the heart. He says, oh, no, as far as I know, everything's okay. fine with my heart. And hey, she uh, said, uh, and your belly also. Uh... And uh, she says, okay, but also like near that, like your lungs. He says, oh, yes to the lungs. Okay. And she said, okay, yes, <laughs> I see that. And she kind of chastised him <laughs> like, you know, I need you to speak up a little bit and tell me, you know, when I'm right. Okay, great. <laughs> there was a lot of that going on. So yeah, when he said yes to the lungs, she owned that. And she just listed everything. She said, yeah, and, and what's this I see with like the, the stomach, the lower <laughs> intestinal tract? She did it, okay. And your she's prostate. She's traveling down. And you know, he's an old guy and she's oh, talking about his yeah, prostate. Yeah. But he said, fine as far as I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she said, okay, well, they're just chattering at me. They're telling me that you need to get that checked. We've seen this so many times. This turns into a hit for them that they've now told right. you, you need to go talk to the doctor. And we're not going to follow up with this person to find out if the doctor says, yeah, you're fine. Right. But it's like just because she said that, now she gets credit for this future prediction that everybody's assuming will end up being like, oh, it's a good thing you told us to check your prostate. Right, right. So Ugh, I think Dr. Drew used to do this on Loveline. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I used to uh, love Loveline. And, me too. Yeah. But he does a lot of anti-scientific garbage. Yeah, the more you learn about Dr. Drew, the, yeah, the less there is to like. Bad. Unfortunately, good show. Learned a lot about sex that way. Good. So she's a little annoyed whenever he says, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's, you know, got good humor about this. So he's he's not like trying to call her out or anything like that. It's just she's not doing a good job. Yeah. Then she says something about his knee and he says, Yep, bad knee. Okay, uh, hey. <laughs> she said, they don't like Head, your knee. Shoulders, knees, and toes. So like the guys don't like his knees, I guess. Oh. Kind of rude of them. Uh, and then she's all over the place. Again, I think just because we'll remember the hits. But she says, also, something with your tooth? And you said, not as far as I know. And, <laughs> well, they're telling you to look into that. Go to the dentist. So another hit. Good God. So with your lung, because that was like the one strong hit for him. Yeah. And I guess the knee. She said, so what is it with your lungs? And he said, oh, asbestos. And she's like, yes, that's what I'm hearing. Like, okay. it came from above, like through your breath. It's like, 
<laughs> well, like someone injected him with asbestos. Like, come on. I mean, it, also, it's his lungs. How else is it going to get in there, period? That was just. Like, it could have been anything and it would have come in through the air. It, it was just like her trying to claim this knowledge as if he didn't just give yeah. it to her. Yeah. And he mentioned that he was in the U.S. Navy and that's where he got the exposure to oh. his lungs. So the guides were also not happy about the water he's drinking. Okay. So then he says, well, I drink water out of a well. And you think anybody would be like, oh, well, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, there's, you know, straight well, gra- well, well. ground source, you know. Well, uh, by sh- a- anybody, you mean anybody in this crowd? Because there's lots to be concerned about in well water. Okay. Well, I, I would just expect anyone from like the natural community exactly. to be like, oh, you're exactly. pumping water out of the ground. That's great. Yeah, straight from the earth. Yeah, from- not getting it from these, you know, government run Right, no corporations. She's very anti-fluoride. Oh, she is. Okay, well, bye to her teeth. So she tells Tells him, no, you've got to stop it with the well water. That's not oh. good. So no plastic water, no well water. Okay. And he says, well, I guess, yeah, there's probably a little bit of, oh. it's a little heavy on magnesium, my well water. Okay. But she's saying, no, no, you need to get like glass water or mineral water. So he gets sent back to his seat. She's not going to do the healing there. They're going to be brought up later for like a prayer that she'll do with everybody. This is just the reading part. So she starts to blink at the audience again to find another person. And right behind me, a a woman chimes up really loud, just yells out, you should pick me. God's telling me that you should pick me right now. (laughs) And he wants to hear it. Yeah. And and for a second, I'm thinking, okay, this could be like a carry, someone who's just like, Uh hey, let's do this right now. I'm going to kind of mess with your routine. Uh But also like from the voice, I'm sensing that maybe this is a person who's neurodivergent. Oh, uh uh-huh. And so... Kimberly is really thrown off her game by this. Oh, sure. And again, she just doesn't know how to work a crowd. She's kind of just sort of clamming up within herself and going, uh, okay, well, you know, I need to trust the guides and please show respect to the guides, okay? Like, oh, wow. They're going to choose who it is, all right? And we shouldn't shout out. That's rude. <laughs> Probably the best thing she could do, but also interesting how this bucks with her personal philosophy. It's like, oh, so the guides talk to you, but God can't talk to this person? Right, yeah. So this person is very like, I think you really need to talk to me. Yeah. So this woman will come up later. But okay. instead, Kimberly picks someone out of, I'm on the left side of the room. She picks someone from the right side of the room from the audience perspective. So this woman comes up and she's a statuesque black woman, beautiful model proportions. Mm-hmm. They, they have to raise the mic for her because she's like <laughs> leaning down to match, you know, the guy before her. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Ross is showing me a photo of this. Yeah. Very conventionally beautiful woman. And uh, she's wearing a mask. And Kimberly tells her, oh, you can take the mask off or, or bring it down because we're at a safe distance. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the first time I've heard a speaker really reference the mask directly. Anyways, she starts doing her reading where she's saying, OK, well, I see something with the teeth. Like, uh, like the with, last guy. Yeah. With your mouth and your jaw on your left side. Hmm. And I see sciatica. So then the woman says, uh, well, I don't know about the sciatica. And so again, Kimberly kind of chastises her. I need you to speak up, please, and tell me when I'm getting something right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This woman tells Kimberly that Kimberly was exactly right about her teeth and says, oh, yeah, well, I had a brain tumor that had to be removed and it had horrible effects on my entire body. And I actually had all my teeth removed. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would have never guessed any of that. But 
neither did Kimberly because Uh she didn't say anything about a brain tumor, all of these other debilitating kind of effects that this woman had on her entire body. She said like jaw on your left side. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah, that's not all your teeth removed. But she was already feeling like, wow, you're right on. Except she mentioned, I don't know about the sciatica thing. That doesn't seem right. But this has been going on for this woman since 2014. And it was just a really sad story. She had a lot of specifics about like the surgeries that she needed to have done. And anyways, Kimberly Meredith had missed all of that. She just said those really basic things. Yikes. And so then Kimberly said, oh, but you're not feeling pain now. And the woman said, no, I'm in constant pain. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And so on one hand, yeah, you're feeling awful for her. And then you're also feeling a little bit of schadenfreude for Kimberly Meredith because it's just a bad reading. Right, right. But But she still seems to kind of be buying it. Yeah. yeah, city. Yeah. yeah, She heard the thing about the teeth. And I think that was enough for her. Like, wow, you knew about my teeth. So you're really good at this. But she pretty quickly gets dismissed and goes back to sit down in the audience Uh, during that reading there was a phone going off in the audience and Kimberly was really upset by this like this sound is really upsetting me can someone please turn that off turns out Uh. it's the phone of the woman who's up on the stage and she can't turn it off oh so one of her friends in the audience has to like fish it out of her purse or something and turn it off interesting okay then she calls up another woman who's also very tall wearing a purple shirt Kimberly Meredith she makes this whole talk about how you know I do this six hours a day and seven days a week it sounds like she's like trying to explain to the audience like why she's so good at this. And I'm thinking, you've had a mm. really bad set of readings so far. Yeah. Why are you like gloating about how practiced you are? But she also used this as a moment to tell us that like so many times when she's told people about these things that they've said were not matches for them, they've gone and checked later. Ah. And it turns out, you know, that I was right. How great. Yep. Oh, I wish that we could hear from some of those people. Okay, so this new woman, uh, she's an older woman, I would guess probably in her uh, mid to late 60s. So she has this woman breathe three times deeply, and then she immediately says, oh, you failed the breathing check. What? (laughs) There's a breathing check? Makes it sound like this woman has something wrong with her lungs. She says, but breathe again three times. So it's like something about how she breathed was not good enough for Kimberly. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. So she breathes again. It's like a CHP officer. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So she tells the woman that there's something wrong with your lung. Nothing with the mouth, but... What kind of toothpaste are you using? Oh, no. Is there fluoride no! in your toothpaste? Oh. Indeed. So the woman says, yes, I use fluoride toothpaste. She says, no, the guides tell me all the time, do not use fluoride. Oh, no. Kimberly. This is not good advice, folks. She sees something in the woman's uterus, and that woman's ah. eyes go wide. Okay. And she says, well, not that I know about. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this phrase from Kimberly Meredith. You're not giving me much. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's how this is supposed to go, Kimberly. So, I'm not supposed to give you the information. You're supposed to spot it. Right. And so she says, so what's wrong? What issues are you having? <laughs> it's like, what, the, what are we here for? So <laughs> You tell me. So the woman says, well, I have cataracts. That's the thing that comes to her mind. That's the yeah. one that she wants to bring up with Kimberly. And Kimberly just says, well, they're not showing me that. But I do see. <laughs> well, I- fuck what's wrong i see something with your thyroid every now and then she'll mention things about like which eye is blinking Mm. so in her system when her right eye blinks that's the negative energies oh and when her left eye blinks that's the positive energy so okay oh interesting so she was getting an imbalance with a woman's thyroid and 
the woman didn't recognize anything about that, but I'm sure she'll check later and find out that that was exactly right. <laughs> I also feel like Kimberly brings up thyroid and uterus a lot, so it's funny that this woman got that double whammy. Yeah, and Kimberly is already castigated plastic bottled water, yeah. which, you know, yes, for the environment, please do not drink out of plastic bottles again. And she did make that point. She made the environmental argument as well. Okay. We should not be using single-use plastics as much as possible, of we course. We should be using them in our shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's a double-use right there. Those <laughs> yeah. are reused plastics. Exactly. Reduce, then reuse, then recycle, in that order. Then Rothy's. But Kimberly was decrying TV dinners and saying, we've only had these around uh-huh. since the 70s. So you need to avoid that. You need to avoid the plastic water bottles, avoid the fluoride. All of this is harming your thyroid. So then the woman mentions that she has a missing child. Who's, Whoa. Yeah, who's been missing since they were 16, I believe. Oh, my God. If I got that right. And so Kimberly, again, jumps in and just owns this information and says, yes, this has been causing you a lot of stress. Like, <laughs> you think? Actually, I'm completely over it. <laughs> so glad they're gone. That's why it came to mind. And I sense that they have a soul bond. And... I don't know. The woman didn't immediately like react to that in, other than just be like, oh, inter- okay. <laughs> How long ago did the missing happen? Did you get a sense of that? The sense was that it was many years. Okay. That, yeah. that was my impression, at least. Oh, but yeah, I don't think it, she went into specifics. And then like Kimberly sensed angels around her. There's a grandfather figure. The woman said, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. And so Kimberly talks about how close they were. And she's like, oh, well, not really, I guess, because I, yeah, I didn't really know him, but I know, I think I know who you're talking about. Anyways, <laughs> not a good hit. Well, he's like a father. <laughs> Kimberly's trying to, you know, like make it work. Anyway, so she sends this woman back to her seat as well. She takes a little break to talk about food. She says that there's lots of recipes in her book okay. for how to eat healthy she says like we shouldn't be putting lots of sugar in our shakes she asks who's drinking shakes in the morning okay a lot of people raise their hands she's like but are you putting sugar in them and everybody looks all guilty so huh not too much sugar i wonder if she means fruit or like like cane sugar well she mentioned even like uh having four bananas in your smoothies not good okay you know this can lead to cancer and diabetes yeah okay possible she mentions cutting back on meat okay though i noticed later on she mentioned in this food digression that a lot of the recipes were vegetarian and then a lot of other recipes that were for regular diets okay that was an interesting way to phrase that did you get a sense of whether she's a vegetarian i got the sense no okay. that she's not but at least she's all about cutting back on meat which i am for good. Yeah. That's so, cool. So the audience applauded her food aside. Then she did another reading from her book, and it was a prayer. And I got little snippets like, forgive others, forgive yourself, focus on your third eye, focus on a person that you need to forgive and say, I forgive, and then put their name in there, even had us kind of like mutter this out loud. And then thank you for forgiving me. I guess we're just assuming that that person has forgiven us in return. Mm. A lot of mentions of the fifth dimension and, and spirit. Anyway, so it was, a, it was a very long prayer that she read for us. Yeah, then we started making loud exhales together, like, <sighs> Oh, yeah, so that's she, fun. She had all of us kind of uh, make loud sounds together. So we did that. That was fun. That all ended with a namaste as well. So she gives blessings all around the room. 
And then she brings up one other man for a reading and uh, another older white gentleman. And uh, he says that he's heard her before on the radio. That's Mm. great. Okay, let's have you inhale and exhale. All right, I'm seeing angels around your head. Did you have a concussion? Mm. And if not, maybe angels saved you from getting a concussion. (laughs) Okay. Let the guy answer first and at least take the hit if you get it. Maybe she was reading that he didn't look like uh, he was going to say yes. But he said, yeah, yeah, actually... I did have blows to the head. She said, that's right. Well, you've been saved by an angel many times. You might have had an NDE even. He didn't really react to that. Okay, Near-death experience. Yeah, but she said, I'm also seeing the number six around you. She threw out all of these different options at six, like maybe like an important date to you or like someone Mm. that you knew or maybe there's something that's important to you in your life that's with the six. And she's giving him like five different Mm. options. And he's like, you sure it's not 666? No, like (laughs) this is not something we laugh about. You know, like, no, I'm not. Oh, sense, he was joking. Okay. I sense only angels around you. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, was, okay. he was being jocular, but I, I don't know if she has a sense of humor. Yeah, no. Okay. I think the answer is no. <laughs> so she moves on to his gut area, your gut health. He's not sure about that. Okay, I guess. But I do have teeth and jaw issues. And I'm sure she's thinking like, oh, the one time I don't mention it. I skipped over that one. (laughs) And she's like, yes, right. Yes, definitely with your teeth. (laughs) Let's see what they talked about his knee as well. She said the spirits kept coming back to his gut and he just wasn't really signing on to that. So Mm. I'm sure he'll find later that that was exactly true. So then she wants to bring up everybody that she's read to come up on stage for this kind of healing that she's going to do, or at least a prayer ceremony. And only four people come up and she says, is that it? And she's kind of lost count. She thought she read a lot more people Mm. in this time. And of course, she lets us know that this is also for all of you. Even if you didn't get called up here, this is also very instructive for you. And this healing is for you as well. So she uh, had them sit down in seats just because this is going to take a while. She wanted us also to like rub our hands together or to put our hands on the parts of us that were hurting, especially the people on stage. But, Mm. you know, if your teeth were hurting you, like they seem to hurt everybody. So that one guy with the possible prostate issue just sticks his finger up his butt. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be amazing. Very gingerly. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, she does another very long prayer. And it's, again, a series of affirmations and After that, then she kind of opened it up for people to come up to seek prayer. So the first woman that came up asked for prayer for Tony Camacho, who apparently is someone who's a real founder in the wellness community. He ran like groups for years for spiritual people to get together, and Mm. he's currently in the hospital. He's having a bypass surgery and has a bunch of other conditions, and Kimberly says, oh, yeah, well, Tony's a good friend of mine as well, and I've known him for years. Mm. And I'm thinking, okay, you're a healer. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing here? Like, if I thought I had that ability, and this was my longtime friend, someone influential in the wellness community, I would go heal him. Right. Put all my energies into it or hang up my hat. I wrote in my journal here. So why is he sick? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess she could claim that her healing powers are like not infallible or whatever, but it still becomes like, okay, how do we track this then? (sighs) What do you mean by getting any success rate then? Yeah. And if he spent all of these years being a stalwart within the community, shouldn't he of all people be enjoying the benefits of his connections? Whatever. Anyways. (laughs) So this was just really annoying me that like, it was just so blase, like, oh yeah, let's all pray for him. 
And she did the Hail Mary, the oh, that the prayer. Catholic prayer. Yeah. yeah, and she did that a couple times during this meeting. She seems to be very Catholic influenced. Yeah, it's just not Catholic. In the book, she said that like her mom had converted to Judaism, mm. but like came from Catholicism, and that Kimberly mm. has always been very sympathetic to Catholic doctrine and dogma. Mm. But yeah, she'll regularly just break into saying the Hail Mary, and I'll think Catholics would not approve of this use of. Yeah, you The think. Hail Mary in the midst of all this fifth dimension and stuff. But. Yeah. All right. So then another woman came up. She was wearing leopard print shirt. Uh, leopard print always just stands out to me. That's a real statement. And she prays for her granddaughter who was born two months early mm. and is still in the in ICU. Mm. Uh, again, Kimberly doesn't do anything where she says like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that or anything. Oh, right. Yeah. She just says, okay, well, I'm going to send a prayer. Uh, That's causing you a lot of stress. Yeah. It's, yeah. It feels so tone deaf <laughs> and disconnected. Yeah. Ugh. She says a silent prayer and has us all put our hands up and send love and light. And she lets us know the power of prayer is very, very strong. Okay. Great. 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 You know, if I. How strong? How strong is it? If I really believed I could do this, I'd be like, oh, show me your daughter. Like, take me to her. Let me get close to her. Tell me more. Like, you know, I'm going to focus on how Jesus handled it. Yeah. Your faith has healed your your granddaughter. Yeah. Or like, take me to her or whatever. Yeah. Another woman came up and she wanted to pray for her dad who had COVID. Oh, wow. As well as other illnesses and is in really bad spirits and in the hospital. So, Kimberly wanted to know his name. So the woman said his name, and Kimberly called upon St. Jude. Why not? Okay. Let's bring her out of the woodworks, and said her Hail Mary, full of grace, you know, that whole thing again. So then... Oh no, Ross is making a sad face. The woman who had been behind me and had shouted out earlier, you need to talk to me right now. Yeah, God has chosen me. Yeah, she came up, and there was a woman helping her get up onto the stage. And so she came up, and she said, well, hi, and she said her name. Can I ask you to pray for me? Is that okay? Is she just getting up? Like, she wasn't called? She's just like... No, they were bringing people up to be prayed for, and this was her turn. There was a woman helping her get up because she told us, I've been blind from birth. And I've heard you on the radio, on George Norrie. I'm hoping today for some healing. And she turns to the audience and says, do you think I can be healed today? Oh, my God. And there's just silence. (gasps) Kimberly doesn't say anything. Oh, my God. The audience doesn't say anything. (gasps) And the woman who's kind of helped her up on the stage just kind of whispers like, yeah, anything can happen or something like that. Oh, my God. But it's just, it's heartbreaking. And Kimberly is just... Kimberly about this like she doesn't react she doesn't like express anything other than just to say a short prayer just this little nicety short prayer dismisses her when this woman has all this enthusiasm saying like do you think I'm gonna get healed today you know it's like like we're in a revival or something yeah yeah and she's so excited and she has the right energy for this healing and Kimberly just doesn't meet it at all. She just like, yeah. oh my, it crushed me. God. And I think I texted you like yeah. afterwards, or we were talking, and I said like, like I just sat in the seat for a long time. Like th- oh. it was so depressing to me this moment. Yeah. And it, it like anticlimactic moment. Then two days later, when I came back on Sunday, I saw this woman walking around with an assistant again. It hurt my heart all over again that she came in hoping Kimberly could Today's actually do what day. she said. Oh my. God. So when Kimberly gave her this sort of perfunctory blessing or whatever, could you see the woman's expression or anything? 
You know, that's interesting. I don't think I was focused on that. Okay. I, I think I was focused on Kimberly, like, what are you doing? Yeah. What yeah, is what's this? going on for you? This woman who she, maybe she felt bad for chastising her earlier, kind of yeah. understanding the situation a little little better now, but she did not rise to the occasion oh whatsoever. God. At least even to say something nice. Yeah. Even just some bit of explanation for why this might not work, like yeah. something to contextualize it and soften the blow. Let me play this moment for you just so you yeah, okay. So a lot of this stuff was caught on DVD. Is this something that's on tape? Yeah, we were able to buy a lot of these talks on DVD later. There was a service going on to record them. So I'm going to show this to Carrie. And who who are we praying for? Come closer to the microphone. Oh. Tell her your name. Uh, my name is Elena. Okay. Um, I'm... Praying for me. <laughs> is okay. that okay? Absolutely. You know, I'm, uh, I'm a really positive person. And I mean, I believe, you know, I've been hearing Kimberly on Coast to Coast. And nice. We love George Nori. <laughs> nice. But I mean, I've been, uh, you know, I've been blind my whole life. And I really believe you. Maybe we can have a real true healing today. Okay, we're going to pray for you Tell right now. Your, Tell her about your, your other... I don't have any other tumors. Okay, I'm we're going to do a healing right now. I just have, I'm just totally blind. Do you think I can get healed from being blind today, folks? Everything is a possibility. Okay, so yeah. let's do a healing. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mother Mary of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Amen. Thank you so much for coming up. My God. Um, what do you even say? Like, that should just be, that should be it, right? Like that. Yeah. In any rational room, mm-hmm. that should we be should've... asked and answered. Yeah, I should have just gotten up and left. <laughs> like, <laughs> But I don't even know if I can call it a smart move on her part or what, but that she just sort of keeps it going does make you like, is it over? Maybe she's going to do more in a second here, Mm -hmm. you know, and that moment I could see decision coming and going without you noticing. Mm. Yeah, because you're kind of waiting for the actual response. Yeah. But nope, all she gets, all she gets is this perfunctory Hail Mary. That she read out of the book. Yeah. You wrote the book. (laughs) It was already like, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is like shit we've all memorized just from watching movies. With no energy. Like I was anti-healed just from listening to that. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh. That's horrible. That was the end of, (laughs) well, that was seriously like how she ended kind of like her performatory uh, part of her presentation. And then she said- Okay, well, now we have these giveaways. She kept checking on the time. Okay, all right, well, we got to wrap up here. Well, the guides want me to give these things away, and they're just, they're going to let me know who to give it to. And essentially, she just walks out into the audience and just kind of like she's blinking and she hands her book to someone, (laughs) and then she hands a sacred geometry pendant to someone else. She gives out like three items, and it's just really kind of like, here you go, here you go, here you go. No like big process of like, okay, I'm seeing over on this side of the room. Room. <laughs> Maybe she's as deflated as I am at this point. That's the word you used when you texted me. I was like, how mm. is Kimberly Meredith? And you were like, I feel deflated. And I think you said, I feel like she's like fooled her way to prominence or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I was just like, there's nothing here. Yeah. You're not even interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. 
You're yeah. just, you're awkward. You're a bad reader. Yeah. I feel I could do better uh-huh. if you just stuck me up there. Yeah. You're all over the place. And it, yeah, it was just, why does this community allow people like her to just rise to the top Yeah, and be a featured speaker for 45 extra bucks? So anyways, yeah, had a great time. That was really fun. <laughs> Thanks for going. Well, I went mini golfing with my fiance. We had just gotten our marriage certificate. Oh, that's exciting. I'm sorry that I'm raining on your parade. Oh, no, no, no. I'm deflated. Oh, no, I don't mean that. I just mean, sorry, you were doing this hard work and I was off playing mini golf. No, no, that's very important. And that makes me want to play mini golf. Oh, yeah. Look at my last line on the the notes. Oh, I am sad, period. This was sad, period. (laughs) We were told that she would be on a panel on Sunday, which is a good segue here, Uh and that she'll be at her booth signing. And I I went up later, and yeah, she was at her booth alone, and I could have talked to her, tried to take a picture with her, and I couldn't think of anything to say to her. Yeah. Just, no. (sighs) Not going to do it. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a real fucking bummer. No, it's not a bummer. <laughs> Squarespace. <laughs> Squarespace is such not a it's bummer. It's not a bummer. We love <laughs> it. You're so right, Carrie. Nothing can bring you up. Like if you're an architect or an art mm-hmm. gallery or a fine artist or a graphic designer or a furniture maker or a museum or a performing artist or a writer mm-hmm. or a blogger, you might have a dream that is not yet a website. A lot of people at this conference have dreams. You'll hear about a lot of them. Oh, boy. Yes. And... They should make them all into websites, if you ask me. And if they want them to be pretty, if they want them to be well-designed, if they want them to have excellent customer service, then they need Squarespace. And that's where they can blog or publish content. They can promote their physical or online business. They can announce an upcoming event or special project. And they could be you. Yes. Kimberly, are you hearing me? I don't know who hosts your website. Blink once if you can hear us. (laughs) You can hear me. Blink once. Blink twice if you need a website. (laughs) Squarespace gives you access to beautiful templates created by world-class designers, powerful e-commerce functionality, a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions, 24-7 Stevie award-winning customer support, and most importantly, they do not pretend to heal your disease. Thank goodness for that. Thank you, Squarespace. The bar is so low, but you have crossed it in a way Kimberly Meredith failed to. what they claim to be they claim to be a website that produces other websites and they do it and they just fucking follow through (laughs) way to go you get to go there you get to try it out and then you sign up when you're ready you've already figured out that you like the tools you're comfortable Mm -hmm. with the ecosystem it's a great deal check it out and you can check out squarespace.com slash oh no for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, what should they do, Carrie? They should use the offer code ONO, O-H-N-O, to save 10% off their first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace, they don't cure your blindness. And we appreciate that. <laughs> but before we return to this really pick-me-up party episode, yeah. um, I just love insects. Oh, good. And I just feel like we should talk about that more often than we do. You know what? I've got, this may be a change of subject, but I mm-hmm. have a game mm. called Best Fiends okay. that incorporates insects as the main characters. No way. And, you know, how often do insects get to be the heroes? Maybe Bugs Life. 
Good point. Yeah, not too often. And as we all know, Bugs Life is a pretty boring Pixar movie. So is... <laughs> you heard it from Carrie. I worked for Disney. I said nothing. <laughs> is Best Fiends more exciting? <laughs> I'm not going to make any oh, yeah, direct okay, comparisons. <laughs> but but if, if anything's going to bring my spirits up... You know, I should have been playing Best Fiends during this talk. Look how colorful this is, Carrie. Look oh, at, it's look, beautiful. Look at the world of Best Fiends. Yes, bright blocks of color. If you loved Goof Troop, you will love Best Fiends. Yeah, there we go. That's a way of looking at it. And okay, we got to do the check-in. I am up to level 2,792. Whoa, those are so many levels. It's almost meaningless. Ross is moving up in the world. He plays this while he binge watches Dexter with his son. Nice. That's how I'm doing it. Um, Did you channel someone to say that? Because you said it in third person, like Kimberly Meredith. Yes. Okay. Let's say I did. Um, (laughs) Channeled raw. You know, okay, so I finally figured this out. I used to give out my friend code so people could add me. Oh, yeah. But like it stopped working after a while. I'd like, oh, am I I suddenly not popular? No one's sending me requests. So I apologize if you did, because I learned that there is a 400 person friend limit. Ah. And uh, unfortunately, popular over here. our wonderful listeners had added me as friends. So super excited to have the 415 friends that I do. Apparently, if you have Facebook friends, that's a little loophole. You can get a few extra. Uh, so I will continue to compete with all of you. But I apologize to everybody else. Still, sign up, hook up with your other friends. It's fun to see their progress. Yeah, it's a great puzzle game. You get your bugs, you level them up, and you defeat the slugs. And Excellent. they've got it coming. It seems like it's something you can play, whether you just have a little bit of time, maybe have a lot of time. One of those, mm-hmm. you can come in and step out, or if you want to spend the whole afternoon here, you're free to do so. Yeah, I used to be more of like a gamer, but I find in my life now I can only afford games that, you know, yeah, they're sort of play as you have time to do it. Yeah. So you're not committing yourself to a half hour, but if you have a half hour, it's a good half hour. Free to download, eh? It's free to download. You can play it offline. Oh, nice. Yeah. That is useful. Yeah, when you're down in the level three of the parking basement and, I don't know, maybe uh, there's a bunch of cars stuck behind you and you can't get out. Mm -hmm. You can play Best Fiends. Okay. Maybe that is exactly when I'll do it. And they have 100 million downloads. Did you know that? That's more downloads than there are of the show, probably. That's amazing. Yeah. There are also thousands of levels, so I'm not going to run out anytime soon. So listen, are you ready to give your brain some TLC? Well, download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. Oh, again, down to sultry voices here. <laughs> That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Best Fiends! They Best. don't try to cure your blindness. <laughs> Goodness for that. <laughs> <sighs> oh, but Ross, before anything else transpires, you uh, know what else we should talk about? A podcast? Yes, because there is a Jumbotron here flying through the window on a the wings of a dove. Oh, watch out! Duck. Oh, bam. That was a huge ass dove. But brought a lovely little telegram here that says, are you a skeptic, a believer, or a little bit of both? Either way, you'll love None of This is Real, the podcast for all things mysterious and weird. The hosts, Sarah and Damini, ponder cults, cryptids, creepies, and conspiracies while asking each other the ultimate question, is any of this real? One listener said, sometimes I listen to this hilarious and endearing podcast while walking in the cemetery and burst out laughing. (laughs) So if you want that to happen to you, it could. (laughs) So listen to None of This is Real and believe all over yourself. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Sounds like uh, our kind of show. That's great. And they don't claim to cure your blindness, which we appreciate. Yeah. 
None of this is real. They don't cure your blindness. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Get me out of the doldrums, Carrie. Okay. I'll Tell me try. About more Kimberly Meredith. Yeah. Okay. I spent some time with Kimberly myself at the Conscious Life Expo. She was also doing a panel. So there are those standalone talks, there are the free talks, and then there are panels where there'll be like four or five of speakers who are usually giving their own talks, but here they're collected on a particular topic. I feel like I should mention here that my stepmother, Diane, wanted to tell everybody who listens to this show that she will be organizing the Unconscious Life Expo. <laughs> and she she was very taken with that idea. She thought that was hilarious. That's cute. Yeah. She'll be in another conference center just, you know, like- uh, Sleeping. Sleeping, yeah. Yeah, good for her. I go to that expo every night. Yeah. <laughs> She's doing a great job. (laughs) Okay, so on Sunday at noon, there was a near-death experience panel. Oh, no, they kill you almost? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like Flatliners, the movie. Thank goodness you did this so I didn't have to, Carrie. That sounds dangerous. Oh, no, it was so much fun. So Kimberly Meredith was going to be on it because, as we know... She had an NDE. Exactly. And it will be called an NDE throughout this. So keep in mind, that means near-death experience. She'll also, again, talk about 5D. So if you missed that, go back earlier in the episode. And there were Um, no NDAs involved? Not that I know of, thank goodness. That's a non-disclosure agreement. That's uh, scarier. (laughs) For us? Yes. (laughs) So one thing that I just want to get off my brain because I didn't write it in my notes, but I'm pretty sure it happened because you reminded me when you were talking about her getting upset at someone's phone ringing. Mm -hmm. I think a similar thing happened during the panel. I think someone's thing was making a sound. She's just very sensitive to those distracting noises. Very, very distractible, perhaps. I can't falter too much for that. No. Oh, no, but that throws I, me off. Oh, interesting. Okay, I me too. But I was just wondering if maybe it suggested like some kind of hypersensitivity. Yeah, or mm-hmm. neurodivergence mm-hmm. thing. Because like Could I know be. people on like the ADD, autism, all of those mm-hmm. like very sensitive to sudden noise. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so the near death experience panel. Here is how it is described in the program. Join our experiential panel as we discuss the ongoing consequence of having had a near-death experience. How did it change your life? What was the most significant effect of your NDE on your personal life? There will be an open mic for audience members to share their histories with our esteemed panel, hosted by Danian Brinkley. So Mm. this would be hosted by Danian Brinkley, a person I hadn't heard of before, but apparently a New York Times bestselling author. Oh, okay. Sarah Breskman Cosme, a master hypnotist. Tracy Dunblazer, who is an empath, a shaman, and a 20-time national award-winning author. Wow, you had me at shaman. And Douglas Taylor, who's a multi-talented author, speaker, teacher, artist, and woodworker. (laughs) I like that. Multi-talented. Yeah, so someone you know he wrote it. And an alien contactee, Oh, says he. And finally, Kimberly Meredith who survived two near-death experiences Yeah, and was healed through the Holy Spirit. The two experiences, I hate to blame the victim. I'm sure she's not completely at fault here or anything, but it's one of those like, you let this happen twice? (laughs) A little bit of that. Okay, Um, fool me once, shame on you. (laughs) Right, fool me twice, get out of the sidewalk. (laughs) And she also mentions in her bio here that she has her new book, Awakening to the Fifth Dimension. So this was in the downstairs plaza area where most of the panels would be. Oh yeah, like you have to descend escalators and then walk along these hallways and follow signs kind of into the bowels of this Hilton. Yeah. And then you finally get to this one really large room 
that's very dark where they have all of their panels. Panels, right. Yeah, all the other stairs here are ascending, but these are descending. <laughs> and that's an important detail. <laughs> Call back to the Gene Scott investigation. Yeah, I went down there only once for a uh, talk about psychedelics. Interestingly... The last time we were there, that whole hall was full, but this time it was empty. Yeah. So this definitely had a lower turnout they of vendors. They scaled back everything, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so I was in the second row on the right, house right, for this talk, and I felt mostly confident that she spotted me because oh. she kept looking at me. Possible that this was just sort of where her eyesight was naturally landing, and she was just far away enough that even with my glasses, I couldn't tell, like, okay. are your pupils touching my pupils? Right. You know? Well, and knowing her vision, which isn't perfect. <laughs> She's spotty, How yes. well could she see you? But I'm just picturing Carrie in the audience with your eyes wide and you blinking at her. <laughs> so I was actually like... Hoping she wouldn't spot me right away Mm -hmm. because there was another time that I jumped in on one of her Facebook live presentations and one of her co-hosts pulled me on screen just from the audience and Uh she immediately was like, I'm not. I don't want to talk to this person. Wow. So I thought it not impossible that she'd be like, that woman, second row, get her out of here. Though that would be a really awkward thing to do. Yeah. Maybe less awkward than the whole how she handled the woman coming up for the healing. Okay, yeah, fair. But I feel like if I were in that situation and my mortal enemy walked into the room and sat there, I'd be like, well, shit, nothing I can do about this. But if you came up to the mic, then she'd be like... Get her out of here. Right. We're not answering her questions. I did try to get to the mic, but oh, we'll get there. Okay. I also saw a woman at this talk who was, she was a row behind me and a little to my left. And I recognized her right away because she was at a previous talk I'll tell you about later. And at that talk, she had mentioned just in point of conversation that she was a therapist, a mental health counselor, mm. and she doesn't believe in any of this woo-woo stuff. That's how she put it. Her friends were there. And she had come to help them. And so she was just sort of like testing it out. But she was just very honest. She wasn't rude, but she was very honest about like, yeah, I really don't believe this stuff. Wow. Just like hard stop. It's, you don't need to call on me. It's so I funny don't want to embarrass you. My first thought is, why are you here? But then I realized <laughs> I am the other person who is here that people would yeah. say, why are you here? So. It's like that Cheers joke where Norm is like, bars are so sad. Just yesterday, this guy sat next to me for 11 hours. <laughs> that's great you're norm i'm norm so i kept kind of glancing to see how long she'd stay and indeed she stayed about half an hour of the two-hour event Uh, i was picturing the sad state of her like sitting next to you for three hours (laughs) that would just be pathetic Um, (laughs) okay so There are only two people on this panel, as far as I could tell, piecing together their stories. I think there were only two who had actually had near-death experiences. Yeah, so there was Kimberly, and there was the host, the moderator of the panel. I was like, well, at least get him on the panel and move someone else out. What are you doing? I came here for near-death stories. Yeah. So it was it was just so strange. It'd be great if it was just the host and Kimberly talking the whole time and they just leave everybody out of the conversation. <laughs> They're like, oh, you haven't had one? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> so the host, his name was Danyan. And Danyan is one of the best slash worst Yogurts? moderators I've 
ever seen. Really? It was actively cracking up by oh, the end of it. Oh, that's right. You were writing me about this. Yeah. Okay. So there were a couple <laughs> things that made Daniel just a joy to watch and a terrible moderator. <laughs> oh, yeah. Number one, cannot phrase anything as a question. Okay. And not only that, at least someone who doesn't have that talent usually will still get to a point. You see where they're going and you kind of help them. Yeah. Couldn't even quite do that. Okay. He would say things like, Oh, my God. I won't even be able to make it up. I think I have an example here. Okay, so here's him asking Kimberly a question. Okay. So next is, Kimberly, when you started to heal, how did that affect the healing of yourself? Because I know about the eyes and sensitivity to light. Not everything that is going to be in service is always as victorious, but it's worth the journey because you made it today. Whoa. End of question. That's, that started so well. <laughs> Almost, although... When you started to heal, how did that affect the healing of yourself? Yeah. Well, and then the whole victorious thing. Like, yeah, you, you lost me there. It really gets crazy. Uh, so, wow. yeah, she responded, okay, thanks, Danian. I don't quite understand the question. <laughs> oh, all right. Good for you, Kimberly. <laughs> yeah. So there was just a lot of that. I would expect like, her just to run with whatever the hell she wanted to say. Yeah. And so she, kudos she to her for did. calling him on that. She oh, kind of okay. did okay. most of the time. Well, I, guess- I probably would have too. You just get sort of desperate to like say anything into the microphone at that point. <laughs> I guess moderation in everything, including <laughs> moderating. <laughs> Don't moderate too much. Okay, so Danian, the host. I do want to tell you a little bit about the other people on this panel and the host just because here we are in front of them <laughs> uh, and because Danian was such a delight. So Danian was a Marine for 37 years. He worked in hospice care. Semper Fi. He said Semper Fi too many times during his presentation. <laughs> and he mentioned that he co-wrote a manual on death and dying for veterans. Oh. So I did go and find it. He really did. He was one of like 40-ish people who collaborated, but you know, cool. It's called No Veteran Dies Alone. And hmm. after listening to him for two hours, I'm like, you should have made it No Veteran Dies because hmm. Daniel Brinkley- will reduce every point for the next two hours to one sentence, uh-huh. which is, we don't die. And it became so funny because people would be making a totally sideways point. They'd be talking about how there are, you know, guides who want to bring us to this other life where it's important to be male, but also female. So maybe in this life you're a female and next time you'll be male. And then when it would come back to him, he'd say, so the point is we don't die. Wow. And we did that just over and over just for two hours. And it became a joke to the point the the audience is dying. I... (laughs) I was I was just straight up laughing. Like I, I really was just like I, I could hear it on my own audio. I was taking tape and like you could just hear me. To the just point like where you giggling. can say it with him. <laughs> yeah, kinda. There were like four of us who, you know, you kind of find your other people in the crowd right. who are feeling the way totally. you're feeling. Yeah, because you just tend to scan the audience and then you're like, Oh, you're scanning the audience right now too, because right. you're also more interested in these dynamics than the speakers. And we laughed at the same moment, probably about the same thing. Yep. Oh, did we do it again? We did again. Okay, yeah, it's about the same. You're oh, my okay. people. Yeah. yeah. So there were like four of us who just thought this was so funny. Don't know if everybody else was catching on or not. But he also would later tell us that he had been friends with Zechariah.
Zachariah Sitchin, oh. the famous UFO writer. Yeah, who talked about all the ancient tablets and what they revealed about aliens visiting the planet and the Anunnaki and how like the Old Testament gods were actually these aliens visiting. Yeah. Okay, glad you remember all that. Well, I guess they were in the military together to some degree. Okay, he'll come up again in one of the talks I attended. Okay. So here's one example of Daniel turning something into we don't die. Okay. Okay, Kimberly says... Okay, thank you. I had two near-death experiences just not too long ago, and they're very profound and de-eased because I lost consciousness, and I was graciously brought back by God, and in those NDEs, I was brought back to my gifts, gifts I had as a child, and those gifts were that I was connected to spirit and angels, and when I was a baby, I had paranormal abilities. I became a channeler, a medium, but after my death experience, I was hit by a car and I went through a tunnel and I was deeply impacted. This amazing energy of Christ. Blah, blah, blah. blah. So I guess this whole story. Hit by a car deeply impacted. Okay. (laughs) So she tells us this whole story, right? Yeah. That's a really good impersonation, Carrie. Oh, thank you. If anybody's channeling anyone, (laughs) you're channeling Kimberly (laughs) Meredith. So finally, like the last thing she says here is, when I get home from my NDE, I had another NDE. After that, I was thrown into a street and got hit by a car. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, Kimberly, just start watching. Like, look both ways. Okay, I think she told that story in her book. And she was walking her dog. Something bumped into her and knocked her into the street, and she got hit. I mean, totally possible that these really are two awful events she had no control over, but it does make you wonder. Yeah. It makes you wonder. I'm sorry. For sure. Okay, so after that, he goes, all right, all right. So just try to put this, frame this in a way so that people can understand. Oh, no. The bottom line is she does not believe that people die. And if we don't die, yeah, what's the point of a near-death experience? Oh, right, yeah, a near-what experience? Yeah, what exactly. Is it even? Yeah, fair point. Your version is like, why are we even still on this plane? Mine's <laughs> like, why are we still at this talk? <laughs> like, you told me before it began that we wouldn't die. Why is that all you've learned here? <laughs> so there's a guy on the panel named Douglas, And he was really interesting because he had not had an NDE. He does have very powerful lucid dreams that did sound like genuinely scary. Okay. And what sounded like he was describing as like hallucinations as well during his everyday life. And Douglas was like, I'll be honest, I wish we would die. Like that would be better news for me. If death was real. So what he's trying to say is <laughs> so we he's never saying die. We don't die. He wishes we would die, but we do not. No, um, so he's like, I don't want to be reincarnated, but I know that death isn't real because like I can see ghosts and spirits in the empty chairs in this room. Like I'm seeing them right now. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, okay. And I also have these lucid dreams. I'm not sure if those are real, but like in one of those, I was killed by a shark. It wasn't painful, but it was really scary. And another, I was a conquistador. I think those might be past lives. So like, I know that we don't die, but honestly, it would bring me peace if we did. Wow. And, and I wanted to just go up there and be like, buddy, we do. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. We do, we do die. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, buddy. Carrie's yeah. got her news. arms out. Yeah. And then I just see the moderator saying, so what she's trying to say is... <laughs> We don't die. We do not die. Uh, I've turned this moderator into, uh, (laughs) who's the, you might be a redneck. Oh, uh, Jeff Foxworthy. Foxworthy, yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, that poor guy. And I don't, just from your description, I don't doubt that he has those experiences. Yeah, no, that's totally the vibe I got. He sees what he says he sees. We should probably mention here, I think most of our listeners have probably heard of near-death experiences or have heard us talk about Mm. them, but these are real phenomena. Like, uh, we're not questioning that oftentimes when you are close to death, you see and experience these Mm -hmm. kind of extreme visions and that they bear certain similarities, but they also bear certain ties in the accounts and the specifics of like who you see and talk to if that's part Mm -hmm. of your vision to your cultural upbringing, to your Mm -hmm. religion that you believe and have kind of been steep in your life. Anyways, yeah, we're not doubting that these experiences happen, but we might say that they're more caused by certain activity going on in the brain. In the brain and the culture, yeah. So another person on this panel was a woman named Tracy Dunblazer. So that sounds like a sentence. Tracy Dunblazer. Tracy Dunblazer. Oh, she done it again. (laughs) She's a white woman with red hair. I mentioned this because she's immediately telling us that she was born a shaman and that she has an extensive memory of being Native American in another life. (laughs) So she just starts like telling us about being Native American and how wonderful it was and how much better it was (laughs) in this life. And blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's like, oh my God, stop. Tracy (laughs) Dunblazer. Stop it. She also remembers being a monk. And it's, it all has that flavor of like, yes, better than outright hatred. Good, good, good. Yeah. You know, you're you're trying to extend compassion, but you don't recognize it's coming off condescending, this and is, you don't actually know these cultures at all. It's uncomfortable for them. I'm uncomfortable for you. <laughs> right? Why aren't you? Why aren't you uncomfortable for you? But we don't die. <sighs> yeah, you feel kind of bad for her, but then also kind of annoyed by her. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, you should be embarrassed for you. <laughs> right. Can you be embarrassed for you so I don't have to be? Exactly. <laughs> oh, and then she, Tracy, mentions that she was born demonically challenged and that like she occasionally still sees demons and then she says that she has mental illness throughout her family. When I hear demonically challenged, I feel like she has a deficit of demons. Right, right. No, challenged by demons. Okay. Uh, not challenged by her lack of demons. But <sighs> at that point, I was like, I both want the therapist back. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry she left, and I'm glad for her that she left. Like, now you're just normal alone at the bar. But also, it's just so sad. It's Yeah. This is the damage of like, we all want to believe one another. We all want to assume that everybody is the expert of their own life. Those are all very nice platitudes we like to say to one another. But sometimes we actually need other people to be like, I think you're wrong about that. Yeah. I think you have a misperception here. And I think it would help you to know that. And that really hard conversation to have because... It doesn't mean much coming from a stranger, and then it just drives them deeper into whatever it is they believe. But even for someone who's close to them, you have to be very careful about how you phrase things like that. It's really tough. It's that's a bad situation. Yeah. Oh, poor lady. But who knows? Or maybe she sees demons. So the closest thing that Tracy has had to an NDE (laughs) is that she fell off a ladder one time, and she felt her soul try to leave, but she told it to stay. All right. And it did. Wait, wait. Who's she? That told the her to stay. Those two separate people. Oh, the she and the soul, you mean? It's just some weird, yeah. weird dualism in that oh, phrase yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, get back here. Hey, now. Who, who said get back here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that wasn't you, but okay. Good point. 
But yeah, I was thinking like the two people who have actually had NDEs, I wonder if they were like, all right, lady, you fall full fucking ladder. You fall full ladder, you felt like you were going to die. Kimberly's like, I coded. I coded blue. Whatever the code is when you die. Yeah, I wonder if there's that kind of competition amongst NDE oh, yeah. people. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I flatlined for three minutes. I bet there is. I bet there is. Oh, yeah, they had to resuscitate me twice. <laughs> I died, and three days later, I came back. <laughs> Shut I'm up, gonna, I'm Shut gonna up come, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to come back in like 3,000 years. Shut up, Lazarus. <laughs> We're sick of your shit. Speaking of which, I would love to see a depiction of Lazarus's second funeral, because he had to die again eventually. Oh, right. Right? I've just always thought that's an interesting moment in history. You know, let's just assume that, yes, Lazarus died and he came back to life. He had to die again at some point. Yeah, sure. And then yeah. you're like, we spent a lot on the first funeral. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah, like it's someone like... who gets married four times. You're like, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's not throw a huge part. Yeah. Like, even if this one takes, like, I'm kind of spent on this. <laughs> okay. So Sarah, the fourth person on the panel, she is a quantum healing hypnosis technique administrator, which you may recall Dolores Cannon's method of hypnosis, Dolores Cannon being the founder of the Ozark Mountain UFO Conference. That was an impressive sentence. That oh, you, that, yeah. you could say all that. <laughs> yes. So her method is called QHHT. Quantum Healing Hypnosis Technique. Okay. And a lot of people are trained in it. And this woman, Sarah, she uses it to get to people's past lives. Mm. So Sarah told us that most of the people alive today have lived in Atlantis. Okay. And we all drowned or blew up. Don't know why. Drowned or blew up. Yeah. All right. So around when she started speaking, Daniel really got in the habit of interrupting everybody. Okay. So he's interrupting her quite a bit. She seems kind of irritated, but amused, a little more aware of like, huh. well, we need to put on a united front, you know, so I'm going to laugh as if this is fun, but I'm like, I'm a little irritated, but let's still put on a good show for okay. the people here. Okay. And then Daniel started interrupting Kimberly a lot too. So they were like speaking over one another. It's just like a terrible moderator. I guess Oof. that's the only point I'm making. Yeah. At this one point, he mentioned what I had never heard of this, the photon belt. Nope. Okay. So Kimberly said. I've heard both of those words. <laughs> sure. So Kimberly said, healing is going to be easier and faster soon, even for all people, because we are moving into this quantum field right now. It's happening whether we like it or not. Yeah. In the next four years. But if we don't, in 10 <laughs> years, we're all, it's all done. So she says, we know that 3D is depopulating. And then Daniel just interrupts her and says, the photon belt. That's what she's describing that we're moving into, the photon belt. What? And she goes, we are. It's happening in the collective. Oh, my God. Like, what? <laughs> what language are you what? speaking in? Yeah, so I had to look this up. I thought for sure I was going to look up the photon belt and it was going to be an actual cosmology term that they were misusing. That was my feel of the <laughs> okay. moment. Okay. But no, it's a completely new age term. Hmm. I found this from Wiktionary. A mythical dangerous belt of photons emanating from the Pleiades. Pleiades? Pleiades. Pleiades that will collide with the Earth in the near future according to new age mystics. So that's quite end of the world -y. Yeah, that sounds bad. Yeah. Oh, don't look up. That's true. Okay, there you go. So a 3D's depopulating, and maybe it's because of the photon belt? I don't know. So then Douglas, that same guy who sees ghosts and things, mm -hmm. he tells this long, long, long-ass story about a dream. 
minutes. Oh, that's your favorite. You love hearing people's dreams. <laughs> so long. Oh, no. It was scary. It was a nightmare. But I'll summarize it for you in a few words. Okay. Like he didn't. So he dreamt that he was attacked by these like huge mosquitoes, bigger than a human being. That's not good. Yeah. And they were really scary. And they could suck his, he could feel them sucking his life force slowly out of him. Yeah, bad. So Daniel summarized that dream for us. We don't die. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the giant mosquitoes? <laughs> the giant mosquito dream. Sounds like we die. Was ultimately about how we don't die. You see? We do not die. We need him on our commentary for Midsommar. After <laughs> people die like you see. But we I don't, don't think die. so. I don't think they died because we do not die. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. Tracy explains that she has to grieve for all the women she's been before who died by suicide. I guess most of the time she has been women in previous lives. Okay. A fair number of them have died by suicide. And she said, and I have to grieve for them because if you die by suicide, you don't have time to grieve. So a good portion of my work is inhabiting that person and grieving for them. Oh, this poor lady. So Daniel asked her then to explain, oh yeah, he's also just terrible with segues. So she's in the middle of talking about suicide and he's like, well, tell us about the trade group you run. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh, okay. Okay, I run this group called whatever it was. And it's for people in the mind, body, spirit space. And yeah, you know, it's going really well. What would you like to know about it, Danian? <laughs> and Danian's like, well, that's just perfect. So it's all it's all the good stuff. Mind, body, spirit, all the stuff we talk about here. And then he says, and he doesn't deliver this as a joke. He says like, so it would be a bad idea for you to not go down there and get some of the propaganda at their booth. Because the the- propaganda. <laughs> yeah. And he uses wow. the word twice. Wow. He says propaganda twice and then corrects his eyes as like, oh, information, information. Okay. Wait, oh, there's a negative connotation to this here word, <laughs> yeah. propaganda. Wow. Oh, my God. This is about where I started cracking up about him <laughs> reducing everything to We Don't Die. I have that oh, in my notes here. Amazing. Daniel then explains to us, he. oh, yeah, he kept stopping everybody to make them breathe, which, A, Daniel, everyone is breathing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's how we're still Otherwise, here. Otherwise, this would be a near-death experience. <laughs> right, yeah. I know we don't die, but I'm going to keep breathing anyway. <laughs> and so he's like, it's so condescending. And granted, there's not a good way to test whether he's doing this primarily to women or there's just more women on the stage but he is mostly doing it to the women okay. he'll stop them and they'll be like just take a breath just breathe <laughs> oh no <laughs> just take a breath Kimberly you have made very good points oh, no. just take a breath here and she'll be like okay uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so why don't you go check your prostate <laughs> your finger up your butt so he's like because people don't realize how important it is to breathe i'm thinking like yes we absolutely do we totally do uh, he's like many things are undervalued in this world it just isn't one of them sir he's like because spiritual energy plus nitrogen equals power and that's why i mean what we don't process nitrogen 
<laughs> spiritual energy plus nitrogen equals power, and that's why we must breathe. What? I said spiritual <laughs> energy plus nitrogen equals power, and that's why we must breathe. Okay, this time it made sense. <laughs> that's, wow. Nitrogen is inert. That's not the uh, oh my God. active ingredient in the it, air we breathe, though it, it is the, the, the bigger uh, sum. Right, yes, and that clearly he had heard that. Ah. He heard that. He had a light bulb galaxy brain moment. Like 80% of the air. Right, right, and here we are. So he asks Kimberly an actually useful question. Here we go. We're only an hour and 20 minutes in. So he's like, so Kimberly, you know, you wrote this whole book about awakening to the fifth dimension and how can people begin awakening to the fifth dimension other than reading your book? Uh She's like, um, that's a very big question. Well, uh, they can come to me for a healing or they could take one of my classes. Come. Um, I don't, um, I mean, there's lots of ways you can, what do you mean? Like she has no, just like. You're supposed to be like the expert on the fifth dimension. Right. And you wrote a whole book on it. Here's a softball for you. Like (laughs) how do people get into the fifth dimension? Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Um, okay. And then she did say that she doesn't take credit for her healing. She just teaches people how to heal themselves. Fine. Teach me how to heal myself. So next in my notes, I have written, Danian is such a terrible moderator and it's so funny. And then beneath it, I have this quote. I haven't read this in a minute, but let's see. Danian, you know, and here we are. We hold that level in that spiritual place and you're not going to die. So if you start readjusting the psychology of not dying and you look at one of these patterns because these are examples, I don't recommend you try any of my patterns because mine are very thought provoking, you know? Okay, okay, here's what we're going to do. And then he breaks into Q&A. Whoa. Daniel, what do you think you said? Was there any content to that? (laughs) I learned that we don't die. Okay. You're not going to die. All right. And we should readjust our psychology to the fact that we're not dying. So psilocybin. Yes. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. That'll come up in the Different Q&A. Different panel. Oh, okay. Okay. So Q&A begins. All right. I'm like, waving my hands above my head. Give me that microphone. Oh. I have a question. Okay. So it's not a walk up to the microphone situation. <sighs> I wish. Because so- you'd be stepping right up to the microphone. What's that? Newsboys. Oh, wow. Okay. God's not dead. He's surely alive. Okay. No, there's a man walking around with a microphone. He's the god of this microphone. He is... Drunk on his power? (sighs) He's just mad. So this guy's like got this microphone and he's walking around with it and... The panelists will occasionally like point at someone and be like, yes, you. And then he has to go find them with the microphone. Okay. Okay. Clumsy. But he's also sort of in charge. He's the person who's holding up a sign that says 10 minutes and so on. And he's telling them like three more questions. So at one point he's sitting kind of near me. So Mm. I hustle over by him and Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Um, will there be more questions? And he gave me the, I mean, really a truly rude look. Like I had done something just really like socially unacceptable by ah. coming to whisper this question. Ah. Like like very annoyed at me. I'm trying to make the face at you. Like okay. really like you should know better, ma'am. Yeah, I feel ashamed. Um <laughs> and uh stop, breathe. <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> and he's like, if they pick more, <laughs> like, okay. I'm so sorry. So I like go back and sit in my chair and I'm just waving my hand again. 
So they call on this one person who says, this message is, this question is mostly for Danyan. Oh, good. What are some of the common regrets of the dying? Because Danyan oh. has been in the VA. He's seen a lot of veterans die. Reasonable thing to ask him. Sure, except that we don't die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are no regrets. You're we asking, don't die. Asking the wrong guy. So he's, I'm sure this is true. He said, yeah, you know, they say a lot that they didn't spend enough time with their families. All right. Fair. And he said, also, I know that you get a panoramic life review when you are dying. A lot of people would talk about this 360 yeah. life review. Okay. Which, you know, you do hear about in your death experiences. Yeah. Then somehow during his answer to that question, Daniel kind of forgets it's a Q&A, starts asking questions to the panel again. But again, he's not good at formulating them as questions. Mm-hmm. But he does sort of push Kimberly on this issue of the fifth dimension. I think he really wants an answer from her. I think he wants to get there. Okay. And so he's like, so can you give us just something, some taste of like, how do we push ourselves to the fifth dimension? Can you make a sound that encapsulates the fifth dimension? I don't know. Yeah, I'm picturing going like. (laughs) That should help. That would be great. No, so she kind of rambles about how everyone is leaving 3D right now. You know, 3D is becoming depopulated. Climate change is real. Something about climate change. Oh. But that's happening in 3D and everyone's going to 5D. Oh. And yeah, it's just like so nonspecific. And but then she finally gives some specific advice. Okay. Do you want to guess what it is? Mm. It's very specific. Okay. I'm going to say like a quotidian even. Oh, all right. I was going to say like maybe a chant she gives or some variation on the Hail Mary or something like that. Don't drink out of plastic water bottles. (laughs) Of course. Of course. (laughs) Wow. So that, she all right. So she has some like Dasani in front of her and she hits it with her hands like I'm too good for this. Is she knocking over more water? Yeah. Yeah. She was like, I mean, the cap's on in this case. But yeah, she like hits it and she's like, it's not even good that these are here. And she's like, really, we should be drinking out of glass. As she's saying this, Danyan who is a habitual interrupter, but God bless him, recognizes like, this is not the kind of thing I mean, Kimberly. So he starts interrupting her and he's like, yes, but that's not the kind of... And a man from the audience yells, let her finish! And the whole crowd is like... Wow. Yeah! Like, they're all tired <laughs> of him interrupting. Jumping with this we don't die and interrupting women. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so, so she's like, yes, let me finish. Wow. And so, yeah. So she does, which is essentially, you really got to drink from glass. <laughs> so then everybody, now everybody's committed. So she gets this big round of applause. Yeah, drink from glass. <laughs> Glass bottle, you two fuck ups arguing with each other. Yeah, (laughs) my god, it's such a nightmare to watch and so great. Okay, so this other woman comes to the I guess she gets chosen for the microphone. Um, okay, boo, and she. It turns out was a woman named Jacqueline Brooke, and she had given a talk the day before that my friend Rachel had attended. Rachel's of a similar mindset to you and me, and she just happened to be there um, mm. to research something. I somehow put together like, oh, this is the woman Rachel was talking about, and like sent her a picture, and she's like, oh yeah, definitely. So that woman, who apparently is Oklahoma's renowned psychic medium, Ross, okay, she gets up to the microphone and she's like. I recently did psychedelics for the first time, Mm -hmm. and it unlocked a psychotic episode. Oh. 
And I had psychosis for some time after that, and it was really scary. Oh, my goodness. And it made me wonder with things like kundalini healing and fifth dimension healing and stuff, how do we go about that kind of work without putting people in danger who are at risk of psychosis. I was sitting right in front of her and I turned around and gave her like the biggest like, good job. Like, yeah. sort of I mean, good question, but how do you expect to get any insight from this panel? Sure, but I mean- Let I, Tracy talk. She's <laughs> I know, I know. God. Okay. So first, Kimberly needs to ramble about how she, she's Use. never she's never done psychedelics, uh, and she wouldn't. This, oh that's so Kimberly. Helpful. That's so Kimberly. It, it is though. She. I mean, she's definitely like Catholic, like yeah. in her presentation. You know, there's definitely the holier than thou attitude infusing everything she does, and like a person who's had sex in like two positions max, like just like <laughs> you know, just like such a buttoned up presence. Anyway, so she's like. Well, I would never, I would never do that. But she says, the guides are telling me right now that you didn't have a true awakening. Oh, <laughs> okay. So that's her explanation. It's just like, she's not actually spiritual enough. That's why she had psychosis. I have an opinion of you and it's derogatory, but I'm putting it in the voice of the guide. So <laughs> it's unassailable. Right. And then- Now it's your problem. <laughs> right. And then the others give her equally useless advice. And mm. she sat down- and since she was so close to me, I could hear her. She said, just sort of out loud to the right of us, like, I hope they didn't understand me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did, like, just as kind of an olive branch, like, to their credit, yeah. it would be better if they did not understand me. Yeah, like, I'm assuming they didn't, because I think we all know that's not an acceptable answer. That was the vibe of that. Yeah. So when I got Including leave- the spirits, they clearly didn't understand her. <laughs> Right, right. So, yeah, as we were going to leave, I said, like, I'm really sorry you didn't get an answer. It was a really good question. She's like, that's okay. Anyway, someone asked about perspective on aging and, like, why do we get more wise as we age? And they explained to her that it's because you get more experiences the longer you live. Did yes. you ever think about that? Wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so profound. Oh, I forgot to say also... Daniel to Jacqueline Brooke, he said, you need to deal with your thoughts. You're calling this psychosis. Wow. Yeah, like you're labeling it psychosis when okay. like, it might actually be, you know, she might just be like spiritually advanced or something. Okay. She's like, this is the kind of stuff that worries me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you're willing to go so far as to say psychosis doesn't exist then at least there's like some internal integrity there I can follow. But I just hear so much of this like, well, we all agree that there is mental illness, but now we're going to create carve outs for every single person who might Shoot be Shoot down every case it. that comes yeah. to us. Okay. I don't know. Hmm. What if she needs your help realizing that she's got a problem? What then? So the panel was thus over. And as I was walking out, I was following Kimberly Meredith. I don't think she saw me, but she was talking to her friend and just griping about Danyan. She's oh, like, wow. what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> just like, he just kept saying the same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to see those little uh, human moments. Yeah, very behind the curtain kind of thing. Yeah. And then you followed her to her car. You got in the back seat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Recording she from adopted her home. me. And <laughs> she's my mummy. So that's what happened at that. And I mean, for me, I guess the takeaway was like, we don't die. <laughs> that's what the yogurt man said. So that's what happened there. Okay. Wow. All right. So that was our experience of Kimberly Meredith at Conscious Life Expo. But guess what? 
We also read some of her book. I will keep reading because it's very interesting. Is that the word? Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I bought the audio book. So we've been listening to the audio book. But it's surprisingly dry, I feel. Well, it's her talking in her. (laughs) Yeah. It's just matter of fact, flat delivery. Yes. Sharing one story after another. It's usually nice when it's read by the author. But in my case, it is a bad idea. I, by Kimberly Meredith. It might diminish the experience. The part that I texted you about when I got to it, because it just made me laugh out loud. Yeah. So she's been telling the story about how she came across her gifts and rediscovered them after her near-death experiences and her connection to Mary and all that. But one thing she was saying was that she started being contacted in her dreams, or no, she would be woken up by the spirit of Albert Einstein. And okay, he, he taught her dimensional theory. Okay. Okay. And Christ consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just started like, I started like painfully cough laughing after she said that. Like, really? Albert Einstein? And the she, Jewish atheist? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I was with you on dimensional theory. He could have done a better job teaching you. Right. And Christ consciousness? What? And then she quoted him later, one of the common quotes that everybody uses. But it's like, okay, leave Einstein out of this. Was it at least a real one? It was. And it was something something we've heard a million times. I can't remember which one it was. But just so silly. I immediately think of Albert Einstein hearing this and you know rolling over in his grave because sure. we do not die <laughs> we do not die we lay in our graves and we wait for Kimberly Meredith to say crazy things about us she also seems to have a connection to Edgar Casey. oh yeah he talks to her sometimes he was the sleeping prophet he was a really trans channeler kind of guy yeah and still very popular in these circles and someone at some point said oh you remind me of Edgar Casey," and I think uh. that just triggered in her mind oh that's right yes I do I talked to him Yes, and she does talk about how she goes into these hypnotic trances, and that's kind of how she does her mm-hmm. healing. For what it's worth, I can kind of believe that much that she's sort of dissociating during these things. But oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I think an important point to make is like, it's so easy to divide these people entirely into like good actors, bad actors, but like, it's like asking if you're a liar. Like, Ross, are you a liar? Mm, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, exactly. Like, hopefully not at your core. Hopefully not habitually. Yeah. Hopefully not more than average. Right. But sometimes, I think someone like Kimberly, there's probably a lot of things she really experiences and really can't account for. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of gobbledygook layered on top of it because she turned it into a business. She's like yeah. invested all of her <laughs> cognitive dissonance in it. And, and now, you know. Saying she was wrong would be very painful on a number of levels. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's the kind of sunk cost fallacy there. She's all, you know, staked her claim here and she quit her day job. She talks about that in the book, how she just kind of makes this her full time thing. And it seems like she's naturally just kind of a self-righteous person. And it's Mm -hmm. just taken this really weird form. But here's some good news about the book. Yeah. I flipped through and I'm pretty sure she doesn't call herself a nurse. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to call that my personal victory. She gives the little history about how she played a nurse on TV Mm. and how she would volunteer at the hospital. And she signed up for some continuing education courses and she was going to start working towards being an RN. Mm. But she says that she got distracted from that. Okay, good. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Me. <laughs> no, I, that really made me feel good because lending yourself that extra bit of credibility really like makes this unnecessarily complex for yeah. people. Like yeah. make it clear you're just coming at this from a spiritual perspective. But there is a lot of, uh, I don't know if it's even humble bragging, but just a lot of uh, puffery yeah. in this book. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's a biography, but just like constantly talking about how people could say it when I was a child, like the Southeast Asian woman called me this term and I later found out that it meant God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, a lot of that stuff. Well, I do like, though, that the first chapter is a glossary of 5G terms. Or 5D terms, haha. I do like that the first chapter has... <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got oh we've got 5D, we've got 5G. I oh, know, I oh. know. 5D terms, and it turns out they're actually 12 dimensions. Oh, yeah, she was explaining the dimensions very um, unsatisfactorily. But, yeah, she would just jump dimensions. She'd go straight from 5 to... 12. Yeah. So, okay. I'm just going to run through really fast here. 3D, of course, is length with height. That's fear, greed, ego driven. It's dense, too many rules, can be good or bad, but it's what we're all familiar with. Okay. 4D has all those same things, but it also has a connection to astral travel, animals, guides, and soulmates. 5D has all those things, plus pure light, love, and linear timelines. Wait, what? <laughs> <sighs> Uh, linear timelines that's a reference to the fourth dimension but okay whatever then she says it has two additional dimensions above length width and height but doesn't tell us what they are yes like just name them just tell me smell what (laughs) uh you get enhanced spirituality and enhanced physical health there and then you pointed this out she just skips to 12d Mm -hmm. (laughs) so who knows what six through 11 are but 12d is a process of returning to source which sounds like death to me. But that's the ray of God frequency, and there are nine additional dimensions there beyond length, width, and height. (laughs) Why even tell me that? Well, Carrie, because words cannot express the the dimensions Mm. of those dimensions because words themselves are of the 3D. Okay, why don't you just fucking try, though? (laughs) Um, Here's a fun circular definition. She defines miracle as an intervention by the miraculous divine. A miracle is miraculous. Yeah, by the miraculous, sure. Yeah. That's the kind of divine that would have to be involved in a miracle. Would that include bringing a bird back to life? She did that. She brought a bird back to life? Yeah, she brought a bird back to life. That's nice. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I'm on her side again. But she can't uh, cure her blindness, and she can't heal her own longtime friend from the wellness industry who helped her out, who's in the hospital. Yeah. yeah. It's rough stuff. Yeah. After that interview episode was released, I got contacted by the FDA. Oh. They were like, can you give us all the research documentation you did for this? Mm -hmm. We want to look into this person. Oh, wow. And I talked to that. Interesting. Yeah. So I talked to that FDA rep for a while. He was very sweet. He he was like, you just lay this out all so clearly. I'm afraid I won't be able to do it as well as you do. You should be an investigator for the government. (laughs) He was very nice. He was like really pushing for something to happen. But I get the impression nothing did because here she is at the Conscious Life Expo. But I reached out to him again before recording this and was like, stop me if I'm not supposed to talk about this. And I didn't hear back. Okay. At least they take these things somewhat seriously. I'm definitely glad to hear about that interest. But I feel like it would be such a losing battle that it would be like trying to nail down Dan and yogurt. (laughs) I mean, honestly... She has done the thing that makes it the easiest 
to get away with the stuff in the United States, and that is make it religious. Yeah. If you can tie religion in in any way, it makes it very hard for any government agency to come down on you, even if you clearly are basically treating people for illness and calling it something else. Yeah. I wish we had more precedent and kind of a way of getting them to cut that out. On some level, I feel bad for her because I feel like this is just her livelihood and that's how she justifies it to herself Mm -hmm. and that she probably think she's making people feel better i don't know but yeah i think probably i feel like i would be miserable in her position Mm -hmm. so i have to assume there's some misery there probably well kimberly you're welcome to come back on yeah ross can i'll talk to you this time yeah Yeah. he's a mensch i was near you at the conference but had no desire to talk to you yeah i'll warn you you can be very nice to her and she still won't like you okay but she will be able to tell you if there's just something like vaguely wrong with you in your bottom part. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> you either have to listen to our back catalog, Kimberly, or guess on your own what's wrong with me. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we'll be back next week with more Conscious Life Expo. No Kimberly Meredith. Yeah, but lots of amazing stories to tell you about these other panels and talks that we went to. Oh boy, did Conscious Life Expo deliver. What a great place. Yeah, it is a winter wonderland and a super spreader event. (laughs) Possibly, possibly. We don't know. I don't know. I was nervous, but we survived. Haven't heard report of that yet. I tried to look that up like a few days afterwards to see like some of the older people. I tried Googling their names just to see if anything had happened. (laughs) Oh my God. I hope you're okay. So far, no reports. Yeah. Jacques Vallée, hope you're doing okay. Uh, Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. You can support this and all our trips to the Conscious Life Expo by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. Buy a Jumbotron or get a book over at bookshop.org slash shop slash oh no. Hmm where you can support independent bookstores and us. Tell a friend. Leave a positive review. There's so many ways to support this podcast. And next week, we will also announce the date and time of our psychic call-in show. (gasps) Oh, that's right. Yes, for our last Max Fun Drive, we promised a call-in call-in show. And uh, it's a coming. Yep. It's a brewing. And remember, in the words of Daniel Brinkley. Today is about the near-death experience, but what we're after is different points of view because when it comes down to it let this panel be about asking yourself a single question does death really exist most of you know the answer is no nobody dies it will never happen Next is Kimberly. When you started to heal, how did that affect the healing of yourself? Because I know about the eyes and the sensitivity to light. Not everything that is going to be in service is always as victorious, but it's worth the journey because you made it today. Okay, thanks, Daniel. Um, so I, I don't quite understand the question. That's the takeaway, so let me say it. Take a breath. Sure. Take a, take a <laughs> breath, everybody. But the bottom line was she does not believe in what's happened to her that people die. Mm-hmm.
I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we're the hosts of One Bad Mother, a podcast about parenting. Parenting is hard, and we have no advice. But we do see you doing it. Honk if you like to do it. (laughs) Didn't we have a bumper sticker a while back that was like, honk if you did it? That's what it was. I think it was honk if you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Why did we not ever make those? Those We did make them. I think they're still in the Max Fun store. (laughs) Honk, honk. You're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Biz. So are you. Each week, we'll be here to remind you that you're doing a good job. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. Honk, honk. Toot, toot. I listen to Bullseye because Jesse always has really good questions. What did John Malkovich wear when he was 20? <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. There's always that moment where Jesse asks a question that the person he's interviewing has not thought of before. I don't think anyone's ever said that to me or acknowledged that to me, and that is so real. Bullseye, interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. From MaximumFun.org and NPR. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.